This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. As I'm here with my only friends. We got Chewbacca in the building. What's poppin', Chewie? <laughs> Chewbacca. Chewbacca? I'm not know. even hairy, man. <laughs> do I look like a goddamn Wookiee to you? I, I don't know. Somebody told me that. I, I don't know. They were like, yo. Happy fucking birthday, Conrad. <laughs> Happy birthday, Conrad. Okay. Happy birthday. Let's get it poppin' in the chat. You want to laugh? I don't even know who Chewbacca is. I, like, that's I, obvious. <laughs> I'm not fucking hairy. Somebody was like, yeah, you got to keep the sidekick thing going. I was like, what's another thing I can call him? They were like, Chewbacca. I was mm. like, sold. Yeah. You're Han, you're Han Solo and he's Chewbacca. That big, makes sense. Big 3-5 today mm. for young Conrad. True what they say, man. Black don't crack. You're never going to get old. No, no, never. Absolutely <laughs> never. That's when the half-white of me would never come out. Mm. <laughs> Great. We are uh, joined from afar, off in a distant land, by one Christian Soto. Uh, how do they do Thanksgiving in the DR? Do they celebrate down there? Uh, wow, this shit is like really close. Um, yeah, no, we do celebrate it, even though we really kind of have no place doing it, but we still do. Um, it's just there's not a lot of turkey. There's like other things like mangu and like a bunch of things that you guys can't pronounce tostones <laughs> um fucking all kinds of different versions of plantains that you guys don't really fuck with so that was delicious to me so mangu is fucking amazing it's just yeah. like six different six different ways to prepare plantains basically yeah i mean dominicans have every way of preparing plantains so you gotta work with what you got you know yeah we all what's up with this camera why is it so close to me like well, it's a webcam, bro. I need to back up. Um, <laughs> you could roll back. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no, it was great. I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, whatever. I go to DR on Tuesday, which is nice. Where are you at right now? In, in uh, Jersey. In New Jersey. Is it I thought you were in Boston. Well, we went to Boston and then we we drove back. I drove. I literally drove. We literally drove back for this podcast. Wow dedication you know everything you have on you is portable yeah especially the filter in the background <laughs> <laughs> what filter in the background that fake ass room that you're in when we know you're in a fucking tunnel somewhere between here and mexico yeah, <laughs> got that green yeah, screen funny, yep. bro. yeah he's like i'm going to boston <laughs> yeah. that. it's like what the fuck is in boston man no my other part of my dominican family bro what do you think we Big all poppy. congregated in fucking poppy. <laughs> got to see big you're poppy. To see, you're going to see ortiz i'm gonna go see boston mamacita <laughs> Cue the new name in the chat, Boston Mamacita. Um, we have a action-packed nice to show today. It's nice to see your face, man. Yeah, nice to see yeah sure. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe one day we'll all be in the same room again. Um, we have a big show today. Uh, it's going to mostly be filled with revisiting the, uh, the trials and tribulations, I suppose, of what's associated to Black Friday in the poker community. But before we get to all of that, I want to give a huge shout-out to... WPT Global. This is the final week that they'll be running satellites 
on their site. You can check them out at WPTGlobal.com. If you are in one of their territories, be sure to jump on. They're truly in the uh, vein of Black Friday, giving it away. One seat guaranteed today, one seat guaranteed tomorrow, eight seat guarantee on Sunday, which I will be streaming, and I am a bounty in. I believe you get a uh, $525 tournament ticket if you knock me out. So be sure to capitalize on all of this free money that WPT Global is giving away. Huge thank you to them for sponsoring the pod. Speaking of guarantees. Speaking of. Can we get a Matt Berkey guarantee that you are going to have a seat for our listeners? Well... I mean, you were supposed to win 30 of them. Can we get one? Yeah, that's I guarantee true. one? I mean, How do you feel? You feeling good? You satellites feel good are hard. They are hard. I will say I traded a lot of uh, run good in satellites for mm-hmm. run good in high stakes cash games. Mm. Mm. It's better for you. Not yeah. as good for our listeners. Not quite as good for them, but really <laughs> yeah, mean, you could good exchange. You could always give it out of pocket. I mean, you could just give it out of your pocket. Oh, you sure. Yeah, you got a little blurry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just got real moist. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got a little happened. blurry. We can't quite oh, hear shit, what you're what saying. Happened? That's all that hot air he's spilling out of his mouth. The, yeah. <laughs> You gotta stop breathing on the camera, man. <laughs> Speaking out of pocket, uh, mute his fucking mic. <laughs> Am I right? Like, Jesus Christ, man, this guy. Speaking of giving it away, though, uh, this this will make Chin happy. We're running our own Black Friday sale, as we do every year. This year, we're giving it away, baby. Half off. Half off. Half, Half off. The first three months, uh, you get a two-week free trial. So free to begin with. Cancel anytime. If you uh, don't like the product after those two weeks, you're free to cancel and get charged nothing. Uh, on top of that, you'll get your first three months at 50% off. So $25 a month or $24.99, whatever the fuck it works out to. I don't know. Uh, you get that for your first three months of membership. That's plenty of time to watch all eight seasons of Poker Out Loud. Seven seasons of the complimentary show on Second Thought. Dozens upon dozens of courses. Uh, even Christian has a couple up there from, from the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy about the, this, um, this little Black Friday sale going on on Instagram, I saw. What, what's the controversy, Conrad? I mean, there was a Black Friday sale, and for some reason, you know, I was the opening image of the <laughs> video, and I, I don't know who to speak to about this, but... I don't know, man. Well, you see, the way it works <laughs> is uh, Pigtails does all of our production. So if okay. you have issue, you can take it up with them. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, I think this is just a coincidence. Or perhaps... <laughs> no, no, there's no... Justin made this. There are no coincidences. No, ju- Justin, Justin. <laughs> Justin's the most woke one of us all. I, 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 think, I think your face just sells, you know? Yeah, That's that what true. it is. It it's like, true. they see your face and they're like... I want more of that. It's oh, well, also, up. in their defense, when the video was created, the, the marketing video, it was not intended for a Black Friday sale. Mm. We just happened to also use it mm. on top of... Repackage, if you yeah, will. Yeah, if you will. Yeah, I probably wasn't the lead image in the other one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, to be quite fair, I don't know why you're on there at all. Yeah, I know. I have no you idea. just deal, man. I don't even deal. Well, sometimes. <laughs> don't, we'll stick Berkey's face on there when we do the white elephant gifts. <laughs> i like that it's kind of perfect i like that yeah uh i do want to do white elephant gifts i think it's a good idea yeah. uh andre suggested we do secret santa and i said that's a good idea but white elephant's better yeah the it's gambling aspect yeah. of the white elephant and mm-hmm. and the regret 
right you swap. And, and fucking people over and like you know all the fun stuff we like to do we're, we're gonna have to set some boundaries Stealing. though because yeah. uh with regards to the gift it's too likely that we'll all just get shit gifts for like, one another you just like you just troll said, like gifts. a limit like a 50 dollar limit no no right limits. but like but you could also just get like you know the the quote-unquote like coal type of gift mm. where it's just trash so I think we need, it's less about setting an upper ceiling. And it's more about setting a floor. Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> like you should have to, you should have to spend $50. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't get somebody shit. I got, I got fun. the first year we did it. I got, uh, I, I had, I bought these frying pans and I didn't like them. <laughs> so I gave them away the white elephant gift. I would take them. I use frying pans all the time. Yeah. They were supposed to be the non-stick ones. Those ones are like the copper color. Oh, those are those They're are trash. Shit. They are shit. What is, yeah. what is a wait? I'm so lost, dude. What is a white elephant? Okay, so the rules. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I've only done it twice. I'm not Sounds fully racist, sure. Uh, it's ahead. it's yeah. not. No, it's it's <laughs> elephants, man. Not people. There's no race in elephants. I mean, maybe I guess, but um. The, the general rules as I know them are uh, you choose numbers one through however many people there are. So say there's seven of us, you choose numbers one through seven, and that's the order by which you pick. Uh, the person who goes first can choose any gift that they like of the seven gifts. And then um, the next person who goes has the option to either swap with the person who just chose or pick their own gift. So if they swap, now the person who went first has to choose from the remaining six gifts and uh, the person he swapped with is forever stuck with that gift, correct? Um, I don't think there's any way to keep retroactively going back. Hmm. Yeah, see, that's where I get a little confused with the rules. Yeah, me too, because but, then it seems like the guy who went first is always the guy who's getting swapped out. But I, I think maybe that just logically no, makes sense. I think they do eventually get a chance to swap out too. But I know you want to be first, right? You want to be first? I, I believe you want to yeah. be first. Um, but yeah, so anyway, basically it's just this, uh, it's sight unseen, right? So you're just basing it off of the size of the package. Uh, you know, like if you were going on a first date with a dude, you want to just, you're, you're left with the, the tightness Bro, of the jeans. This is insane. Like, what are you saying right now? <laughs> if you had, if you'd seen our Thanksgiving yesterday, you'd understand fully. <laughs> the shit size got, of the package. If look, you go shit on got, a date with a dude, like what is happening right I'm now? I'm so glad I left early. Shit yesterday. got very out of line last night at Jen's. Uh, mm -hmm. Danielle decided to introduce us to this British show that she watches. It was called Naked Attraction. Naked Attraction. I, I think, think yes. something along those lines. Um, and what it is, is it's a panel of six people and then the person who's choosing male or female, um, and then it's six of the opposite sex. And the way it works is they're all behind a curtain and the curtain slowly lifts from the bottom in up four stages from the bottom up and everyone's naked. So, <laughs> so if it's six dudes, they lift the curtain. <laughs> if it's six dudes, they lift the curtain up to the waist. So you can see like full package, just like thighs, dick, balls, everything, right? And then the next thing they lift is up to the neck. So now you get to see like chest, stomach, all that stuff. And then they reveal the face and then they have them talk. And then the person <laughs> choosing, so at that point they whittle it down to two players that they can go on a date with. Now the person choosing has to get naked. And they all see each other nude for the first time, and then she chooses which bloke she wants to uh, <laughs> go on a date with. I almost had an asset for you, Burke, but mm -hmm. YouTube must have changed its rules and uh, 
Yeah, don't, don't get this demonetized. <laughs> yeah. There's nudity on, on YouTube? Oh, yeah. I just really? looked it up. It's all, yeah. That that is true. Yeah, um, I I think it was uh, Dolek was saying that um, he's like, yeah, the show's on YouTube. I'm like, there's no way it's on YouTube. They can't show nudity, but apparently it was. Hmm. Yeah, maybe so. it's if you pay because we pay. That might be why. Hmm. Not sure, but yeah. So that's that's how we spend our Thanksgiving. <laughs> Looking very, at a bunch of uncircumcised dicks. Very thankful I for that. Before that, yeah. Food was awesome though. Food was Thanks, good. Thanksgiving was great. Mm. Yeah. Was a, we had I was some brisket. We had some turkey. We had two tur we had two turkeys and a brisket for about fifteen people. Yeah. So there was some leftovers. This popping. I ate some this morning. Mm. Go, Jen. No, uh, I just uh, I was desperately trying to change the subject back. To, mm, yeah, back we did. To we changed way. it to the food we ate yesterday. Back to the win. Like what? I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday. This has to be one of the most uh, like anticipated tournaments in a long time like it's it's it, i feel like it's just it's been a sorry i'm in like so many hands um <laughs> who this guy's playing it's, uh so i played a format pot with queens it was tricky but uh, no on a serious <laughs> note wait wait wait. i want to know if you won this hand or not i want i want I okay want. all right um on a serious note queens. this like I, I don't remember a bigger tournament obviously let's take away the the world series always but i don't remember a bigger tournament outside the world series i remember this kind of similar vibe uh kind of like at the bahamas like when there was like the party poker bahamas where there was going to be like a lot of satellites maybe like a 10 million guarantee or whatever um but outside of that i don't remember any tournament like having this sort of anticipation no you're um, you're for sure right that's that's by design wpt is going all out so uh you know joey announced earlier this week that he's going to be sort of like a host uh, of some sorts uh doing like a meetup party as well as uh i guess kind of like hosting some live stream cash games uh share pairs doing all of the productions so they have like fully everything staffed out similar to the similar to the way that like an ept would uh, if you go to like London or some of these other tours. Um, and yeah. then, you know, as we kind of already announced, we're going to be doing the pregame show on day one, A, B, and C. So we're going to be doing that live from the feature table uh, at the win, fully produced. Uh, everything is going to be in real time. I guess, technically speaking, it may be in front of an audience. I'm not really sure like what the setup for that all is going to be just yet. Um, but they're really, really, really uh, invested in making this like an event, not just uh, another tournament with a massive guarantee. Yeah, I mean, I was playing like, you know, I was playing a lot of like 1020 and 1020, 40 at Bellagio. I mean, sorry, at the win. Um, and there was a lot of rumblings of like some of these cash games that are going to pop off um, on the stream with some pretty big names. So I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch. I think it's just going to be pretty fascinating stuff because. I think it's not going to be held in the poker room. Like, you know how they tend to have the cash games in the poker room? Um, I don't think it's going to be in the poker room. They're going to have, it's going to be somewhere else, which means the cash games are going to be pretty insane throughout that week, you know, uh, in the poker room as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're allocating table space or not to the tournament from the poker room. Um, but. I know well, that I heard it's going to be like somewhere else, like not not in the poker room. Like they're not going to take up cash game tables. Right, right, right. Well, they'll probably just use that space that they have outside of the poker room around the sports book. 
like they right. Always I think I don't think it's gonna be there. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like I don't think it's gonna be in that area anymore. At least, at least I don't know. I mean, who knows? But I, I don't think it's gonna be in that area. But we'll see. Hmm. I'm We're not sure. Excited to see some cash games. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be like pretty high stakes stuff. I imagine it'll be um very similar to what we saw in Hustler whenever the WBT ambassadors played like perhaps some of the streamers and influencers, but more probable to be like the Ivies and uh, the Owens and the Keatings and um, that kind of collective. I imagine we'll see Eric person out in the mix Have to see him. gambling it up. Um, it's the weekend. It is the weekend. It is time. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. All right, we've been we've been down. We've been down in the fucking pits this last couple of weeks. The weekend last warrior week. picks. Listen, man, keep it down for a second. I'm just saying. We've been down in the pits, and Don't now lump me in with your trash picks. It's time. It's time to rise. It's time to rise for the people. Burke, you. Never mind. Steelers with whatever points they are. What do you got, Lamana? <laughs> hey, hey, God damn it. Don't uh, don't you don't you skip over me? Look, the Steelers <laughs> are coming off a real tough loss at home versus mm -hmm. the Bungles. They were in that game the entire way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kenny he's he's still young. He doesn't have that fourth quarter dog in him yet, but he's getting there. We're gonna see. He did throw any picks this time. That's good. Didn't. That's good. How's he? How do you think he's gonna handle spotlight? Because he's this is a Monday night game. All eyes are gonna be on him. Do you think he's gonna rise to the occasion, or do you think he's gonna? Crumble with the, uh, the pressure. Don't think it matters. Here's why. Uh, the Colts still stink. Okay? Don't care that they've been doing better. They mm -hmm. still stink. Jeff Sunday. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Sunday might show up Monday. We'll he find out. Steelers defense are going to be all we need to pay attention to that game. If they show up and TJ Watt is the menace that I know he can be. He is. Uh, we are going to see a lopsided game. I like the Steelers plus three. I also humbly owe... <laughs> Did you just say a lopsided game? Yeah. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. Plus, honestly, I should just take Moneyline. Uh, actually, I'm going to do that. I am actually going to do that. Mm. I just changed my pick. Steelers hey, Moneyline. It's a lot. Right. Uh, I owe a humble shout out to my man, Noah Campbell. Uh, we made a wager on the Steelers-Bengals game where if I lost, I had to... Give him a shout out as a Bungles fan. This mm -hmm. poor son of a bitch. <laughs> I've known him since way back in the day. We were uh, we were members of this poker forum called Donkey Fish Poker. Um, it's the only way I could ever come in contact with a Cincinnati fan, of course, or you know, having them jam down my throat like Jamin. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Well, since you took the uh, you took the Steelers, I can only do the next best thing mm -hmm. and uh, bet against the Browns. Okay. That's great. Yeah, so I am taking the Bucks, which I'm betting on Tom Brady. So it's kind of like, eh, mm. whatever. I think I think the I think they had a you know they had a buy week off, get everything right, get healthy, and we're gonna see uh, Tom Brady, uh, Godwin, Evans, and company uh, come in and and crush those uh, those brownies. Mm. I think it's minus three and a half. Minus three and a half. That's yeah. that's scary. That, that half, half, half a point hate, is hate, fucking scary. I hate that half a point, but I was looking at everything else, and this this is the best I could do. All right, Guapo. Yes, sir. 
It's time. It's time. Time for the comeback to get back to get right. I have a win-win situation. I'm not Conrad Simpson, by the way. Excuse me. So it's a win-win for everybody here in the States. I'm going to say take Iran at plus 250. Wow. Against uh, USA on Tuesday. Now, the reason it's a win-win for everybody here in the States is obviously if I win my pick, then great, I'm a genius. And if not, that just means the U.S. advances to the the next bracket. Mm, It's going to end in a tie. (laughs) (laughs) That does seem like the most probable outcome, Guapo. Yeah. Tie Mm. just ruins everything, man. You lose your pick. We don't fucking advance. And... Womp, womp, womp. Oh, man, I hope it you, doesn't you come to that. that. It doesn't you didn't think of that? You didn't consider that? No, I, I, yeah, I like that, I guess, maybe. I think betting against uh, the USA in soccer is probably always good. I that's fucking a pretty sh- I mean, they, hey, played, they, held, they, their own, they held their own they against England today. They fucking great after yeah. the first 10 minutes today. Hey, did, they, did they? Because I don't know anything about soccer, but I was reading Pad's tweet that uh, it didn't matter if they lost two to nothing or... 20 to nothing they really needed to just win and the tie means nothing they needed to win and tie means nothing no they just needed not to lose because now they play for it all and i against iran on tuesday hmm. so i'm just saying what pad said i don't know he's yeah. british i could assume he knows more than me they played they played very good they played very way better than expected put it that way mm-hmm. and um for my weekend warriors picked you know we just fucking benched the five and two quarterback i'm so excited about this this kid, Mike White's coming in. He, he's, he's athletic. He's energetic. Oh my God, the he's copium. all about the life. He's all about it. He, he runs. He does this. I like this. Mike White. He's he does great. this. You no, know? He, is. he came in last year and just like. Hold up. Do we not remember week three of this season of Conrad going, the Jets are just waiting to get a quarterback. Wilson's going to be back soon and you're going to see yada, yada, yada. And now he's pumped that the five and two kid is getting thrown to the, to the he, wolves. He, he hasn't played good. You know, he hasn't played as expected, as expected. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was supposed to be the next Brett Favre. God, we were supposed to get Jesus some life out of this kid. Christ. We got fucking shit out of him. All he's doing is telling fucking everybody he didn't let down in defense. So you're taking the Jets? I am taking the fucking Jets minus six. Oh my God. Minus oh. six points. Have, the, have those two words ever been uttered in the same sentence? Against Jets who? minus six. Um, I forgot who they were playing. Oh, <laughs> the bear, uh, fieldless Back bears. Vinny oh, that's right, fieldless yeah. bears. Yeah. Fieldless bears. I no, like. No, nah, Vinny Testaverde was trash on the Jets too. He was good for the Browns. That's um, man, that's not a bad Brett pick. Far I just don't face. know if the, I just don't know if the Jets can score six points. Yeah. Uh, I definitely. I, the prob- The thing is, the defense is so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they'll score a little bit. And Mike White brings like life. He mm-hmm. brings like that pump. Like they're they're ready to run around the field this week. Man, I, now I know what it was like uh, being on the outside looking in at Steeler fans when fucking Duck Hodges took over for Roethlisberger when oh he got hurt. Oh my god! I'm like, I, you know what? I kind of like this kid. He's got a bit of an arm on him. Like I think that he can get this shit done. Honestly, it's whack, very whack. similar. It's very now similar. he's in the XFL. Yeah, no, it's very he's very <laughs> similar. But Mike White is, you know, he, I think he can bring a win. Sure, so I'm happy with that. Chin, who you got? I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I'm never gonna vote for any Iranian team. Like, aren't, <laughs> don't we have like some sort of like something against Iran? Like, are, are we like not friends or something? I don't know. Like, listen, I, I I'm just trying to get back in the win. Column, you're just trying right? to make money. I, I get it. I get it. I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just always go some basketball team. So I'm just gonna. I haven't really been in sports lately, but. I'll just pick the Lakers again. Always the Lakers. That's They're probably the lose. worst pick you could ever make ever. They I don't stink. know. You pick the Jets, so <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stink. go with 
Uh, yeah, the Lakers are they're they're getting better though. Getting better. Yeah, they're getting better. <laughs> My fucking ass, they're getting better. They are the absolute worst. They're no, too... I think they're getting better. Oh man, they have no shooting. They're Russell, too old. Russell Westbrook's like playing somewhat decent off the bench. Like Anthony Davis is playing better. Uh, eventually, LeBron will come back. We'll we'll, we'll be all right. It's just gonna take some time. If they miss the playoffs, I, I'm gonna lose it. It really is. I actually, I actually want to go to a LeBron. I, I've gone to one LeBron game when he was in uh, when he came to Brooklyn, but I actually feel like I want to go to a LeBron game because I kind of see the end of LeBron coming within the next <laughs> couple years. Oh, I don't think so at all. You he's think gonna he's going to play one year with the forever? Sun? I think he's still good, and I think he uh, he has a bit of a god complex. He's going to play one to two years with the Sun and then leave. Yeah, I, 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 think I think he'll be around for a minute. Like sure. five more years? Uh, what is he? Thirty-eight. His son comes in the league next year, I think, or the year after. No, the year after. The year after. He's thirty-eight right now. Uh huh. I can see him playing like Vince Carter style, 42, 43. Yeah, but I don't see him like playing like Vince Carter's role. Like, no, like no, 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 was, no, like, no. You know, no. Vince Carter was like a bench player. At some yeah, time, but that's know? the difference. Like LeBron's not Vince Carter. He's LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, is he, how old was Kobe when he retired? Forty-one. Oh no, Kobe was a little younger. I think. I think Kobe was like, like thirty-seven or thirty-eight. No way! Like yeah, I years. think so. Yeah, because look, he Kobe played twenty years, and he, he started got when, he was when he was seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Braun came right. in at eighteen. Right, but, but he might play more than twenty years. It's going to be close. No, I think uh, this is his twentieth season. Yeah, for sure, going to go over. Uh, I I thought Kobe was a little bit older. I mean, it's it's different though, because like Kobe was an explosive player. He's a shooter. Like he relies on those skills, and they're going to deteriorate. As you age, Braun can like just get big if he wants. He's gonna I mean, I don't think he's going to, but like he could. Style. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like, you can't fade talent, man. He's wow, fucking that's good. who you are. What? You're John Stockton. I'm the mailman. <laughs> you're John Stockton. I'm the mailman. <laughs> you're the fucking, you're John Stockton, goddammit. Was it Carl Malone, the mailman? Yeah. yeah I'm the mailman. I'm Carl Malone. He's John Stockton. No. Uh, or are you Jeff Hornacek? <laughs> Jeff Hornacek was a lefty. <laughs> he just picks the whitest. You know who that was from? That, that you know why he did that? No. It was like him saying like hi to his kids. Yeah, I like that. Really? Yeah. I don't know how I know this shit, man. I'm just like a plethora of useless <laughs> did, information. Who, who did Landon? True. Landon put his pick in on Wednesday. Yeah, he remember? won. He picked the Vikings yesterday. He picked the Vikings and they won? Yeah. Oh. Of course he picked the Vikings. He is a Viking. He is. <laughs> true. Um, we have uh, a bit of an ah. update that's worth covering. Christian just lost a pot. No, I'm not <laughs> format pot. I have First. kings, but the river's a queen. That's oh, no, not a queen. God, we might lose a pot. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. You should have seen Berkey on the couch this weekend. Or the, the, like, what was it, Wednesday night? Just fucking yeah. need egg. <laughs> I, won. I, won. I won. I put in like a, of course of course you fucking won. I put in like a 14-hour session. I had kings seven times in this, in this five-handed app game. I had kings seven times versus Giga Whales. I lost all seven. That was rigged. I had aces once. I lost those as well. Uh, lost 10 buy-ins, obviously. How could you not whenever that shit's happening? I got in a buy-in and a half pre with ace-queen suited uh, versus king-queen suited. Lost. Need to win that. Yeah, they're painful. Um, we do... <laughs> 
in line with uh, rigged. We, <laughs> we have a security update uh, from Andrew Milner over at GFX. Uh, I'm not sure if he put this out publicly yet or not, but... Well, we're about to. Who, he, who is GFX? <laughs> Uh, GFX is the software that um, is utilized for most streaming platforms. So right. Live at the Bike uses it, Hustler uses it, Poker Night America, uh, The Lodge, the vast majority we of... We use it for our academies. Yeah, we use it. The vast majority of stream houses utilize the GFX software. Gotcha. Um, so he put out a major announcement, uh, probably publicly, but he definitely sent it to me and Andre as well. Uh, it says, this is a major security upgrade. You will notice that the stream checkbox has been renamed to secure delay. It's basically the same thing as the old stream feature, but with some important changes. Uh, when secure delay is active, there is no way to, re to view whole cards in real time. So this is very critical. This is what we talked about um, whenever all of this stuff was going down in Hustler. Basically uh, creating a feature that you can opt in on that eliminates any sort of trust. So essentially, uh, every stream house that opts in on this will now have a trustless system where players can know uh, that they are not giving up real-time information to anyone, not even the production house. And the easy way for us as players to know if they opt in or not is to not scan your cards. So, um, you know, there's a lot of details in the statement, and I'll cover some of the, uh, the more important ones. But effectively... What this allows for is that the delay is at the reader. So whether you scan your whole cards or not in real time, it doesn't matter. The reader won't activate that information until the hand ends. So effectively, uh, whoever's entering the graphics, once they put like, you know, once they press like hand ends or whatever, whatever it is to go on to the next hand, I can't recall, then all of that information is taken from the table to the server side but it's held at the table until the actual hand ends, which prevents anything from happening in real time. Obviously, we can't see the back of the house, so we don't know if, if stream houses are opting in or not. The easiest way to test this, don't scan your cards. Wait until the end of the hand to scan the cards. If production has no problem with that, they're not saying like, hey, they want you to scan your cards, then you know that they've opted into this new feature. If they demand that you scan your cards in real time, then you know that they've opted out, and it's very probable that whoever wants you to scan your cards can see your and access your information in real time. Um, I don't know how closely anybody's been watching the live at the bike streams, but I know that there were accusations uh, thrown about by a few people, uh, including Hustler, that said like, you know, why are you trusting that live at the bike already uses this feature? Because as I said before, you could always toggle this on in uh, in, in this. Um, Situ or, or, or sorry in gfx but the difference was uh the information was still being read in real time and taken to the server side you were just turning the server off until the hand ended basically mm. or sorry un until your delay caught up so live at the bike has been doing this for years they run it on uh, i believe a two-hour delay so they don't get the whole card information for hours and then they lay it over um as the stream is catching up later on right this was actually confirmed on air uh, I believe it was last Thursday or Friday that I played there. Uh, we were talking amongst ourselves about a hand and uh, someone in production, we, we were basically saying like, uh, somebody said that they had, a, had aces, the hand prior, and we couldn't believe it. Um, uh, I think it was uh, Ozzy Allen had folded the river. He bet folded the river with aces. And he's saying like he has aces and we're all talking about it. And production, who is kind of like sweating along, can't see real-time info. 
and they're going who had aces who had aces and the dealer's like saying like alan had aces and alan's like oh did my cards not read and he goes no no they read uh production just had no idea what you had because they can't see mm -hmm. and they're curious they because they see the the board they see the action as it plays out and they just like want to be filled in just like everybody else uh so that to me was like a good moment of reassurance that they've been operating on the up and up for a long period of time and i imagine that they'll opt into this system as it's just simpler and cleaner is this um, something that you can opt in and like change like opt out like, no so that's you opt in? correct so uh going through um going through some of the finer details of this uh there's a padlock indicator that will lock and turn green to indicate that whole cards are secure once that's secure it cannot be turned off until the stream ends um the live preview window shows whole cards down but the delayed output now will show whole cards up so if you run it on a two-hour delay uh when you're pulling when you're pulling that uh when you're pulling those graphics hours later they'll come whole cards up rather than down which is what you're seeing in real time uh the live preview is safe for real-time display at the venue showing all actions except for whole cards equities outs and any other information that might indicate what the whole cards may be. Uh, so previously, you used to be able to run a second copy of Poker GFX in multi-GFX multi mode uh, to generate a simultaneous card down uh, live stream. That's no longer necessary. Um, let's see. As I mentioned, whole cards can be scanned at any time before the end of the hand without affecting the GFX display. So effectively, like the last thing that needs to be done is the cards are scanned and then in hand. Right. Uh, <clears throat> this allows you to offer players the additional security of not scanning their cards, as well as the peace of mind of knowing that their information is not being shared in real time. If production will still know if the cards are scanned or not. They just yep. won't know what the cards are. Correct. Right. So if, if they see like, oh, someone wants to wait to the end of the hand, then they forget. They could say, hey, scan, make sure you scan your hand because they'll know whether they scanned it or not. Right. Mm -hmm. so that's good yeah yes exactly um so yeah effectively it'll be demonstrated through uh color mm -hmm. on, the, on the back side like if it's yellow then right they need to be scanned still if it's if it's blue uh then they so there really is no reason for a player to scan their hand until the end if this is right for if they're implemented this way like if you're a player why would you ever do it i unless, would unless i would you... do it because it speeds the game up okay like personally mm -hmm. if i tested it once and there was no issue mm -hmm. then i would just scan because it speeds the game up okay. but you're right if you have any paranoia over this whatsoever right you can just hold your hand and it won't affect the stream at all correct yeah so i think all of this is like a very big uh step forward in stream security i think it's a necessary one Huge. uh you know yeah. as i mentioned we had spoken to andrew about this while the whole hustler scandal had been going on um uh, th this this is just critical. I, I can't say enough good things about him acting very quickly on something that was a known security, uh, let's call it hiccup, I guess. That's, that's what I was thinking in my head, like a big thanks to him for that. Because like, he's secure in the poker community. He doesn't have to do anything further than what he did, honestly. Right, right. yeah. People were going to use this product regardless. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's good that he is taking it on him uh, on himself to ensure a, a much more secure environment. Absolutely. Hopefully, that means no more poker scandals ever. And we're just all going to have to become collectively more interesting. Mm, we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be real. Well, 
They'll uh, be, they'll, they'll be, still be scared. Yeah, of course. Because we all know that in order mm-hmm. to be successful, you got to be willing to break the rules. <laughs> That's what your the sign says. You know, and those those rule breakers, True. sometimes they sometimes uh, they get caught. Mm-hmm. And when they get caught, we're here to point and laugh. <laughs> we are definitely here to point and laugh. We're Nelson from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh man, rule breakers and getting caught. Let's talk Black Friday, shall we? This is not just a shopping holiday, ladies and gentlemen. This is the the dark days of internet poker and what almost brought an industry to its knees. Um, Conrad, you're a little bit younger than us, I guess. How how entrenched in the game were you when Black Friday went down? Not much at all. Um, I was playing like the eleven dollar, uh, what hundred twenty people sit and goes every once in a while or something like that. Oh was, yeah, you were a newbie. Yeah, I was a real newbie. You like, didn't give a shit. No, nah, I didn't give a fuck. Like I think I had just started a game in my house, mm. and yeah, might actually it might have been before I even started the game in my house. I think I was just playing with Oscar and just like we just play small tournaments every once in a while. How is Oscar? He's chilling. I haven't spoken to him in a he's while, chilling. but I'm sure he's chilling. Chin, where were you at when Black Friday happened? I was playing online in my dorm room. Uh, yeah. I was playing online in my dorm room. I was playing a lot. Um, and then, yeah, just like everyone else, I kind of opened my computer uh, to play again. And then I saw the FBI uh, logo. And I was kind of just, like, a little bit confused. And, yeah, then, then, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. Like, it's just, like, you know, at that point, I was like, well, once, like, the information came out of, like, what was actually going to happen... I kind of just like took a step back and was like, well, I'm not that good right now at poker. Uh, I probably should get good by the time this thing returns. And that kind of like kickstarted my poker journey, so to speak. And here we are. So you were thankful for Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like pretty self-aware that I wasn't like good at the game. Like I was just like sort of a fan of the game. But I was playing a lot. Uh, I was like playing in chemistry class and shit. Like I hated chemistry, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like don't uh, tell the mamacitas that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was pretty self-aware of that situation. Like it, it was one of those where like I knew that American poker was like pretty much dead, and then like shortly after that, like we saw most of the television shows go away, which was unfortunate because I was like a pretty big fan of those shows. Like uh, you know, Poker After Dark and all that stuff was like sponsored by, by Stars and and Full Tilt and stuff like that. So that was unfortunate because like the fan, like the fandom of poker also left the 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 industry as well as the professional poker playing side. Yeah, where were you guys at, Guapo Lumana? Uh, yeah. So I was actually um in at Coachella. Mm. Mm-hmm. Real good time. Nice little festival. Uh, I was there with uh, one Mr. Brent Hanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Mandy Collin. B. No, she wasn't there. Oh. Uh, she, she was at uh, Lollapalooza. Okay. Here we go. Anyways, um, yeah, I was with, I was with Brent, uh, Brent Hanks, Phil Collins, and uh, Brandon Garrity. And, you know, we got there, whatever it was, Thursday night. And then that Friday morning, we woke up and, you know, we got the news. And we were just like, 
wow, it really happened. Because, you know, there's like rumblings of like, this could happen at any moment. This could, like, you know, we weren't really sure. Well, you and I and lived it, through UIGEA. Right, exactly. Which yeah. uh, was a real scary moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, scarier than Black Friday, in my opinion. Yeah, because we really thought the, all the money was going to be seized. Yeah, we had no idea. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it seemed like an indictment on the players, mm-hmm. not, not on the actors. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about at, UIGEA. At the here. time, I was... So I had played a lot on um, a lot of, you know, online poker prior to that. But like in the maybe the half a year leading up to Black Friday, I was playing a lot more live. Yeah. So like I was playing a lot more live. Shipped that mulligan and never looked back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I I didn't like so I didn't actually I was like lucky in a way that I didn't actually have a lot of money Mm -hmm. on, on the sites. Um, I think I had actually more on stars. I just moved everything mm-hmm. to stars for yeah. W. Yeah, yeah, and I was scoop, able to get that back scoop, right away. Yeah. And I, I hardly had anything on full tilt, which was was lucky. And I was like, kind of looking for you know bright spots in the moment. And um, I was like, well, maybe you know, maybe that uh, since this happened, that the live games are going to get much better, or or like you know, people instead of people playing online, everyone's going to move to live, and it's and 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 like you know. I'll, I'll, you're going to see this boom in live poker, which maybe there was a tick up, but not. I think that world. I think that what I think that World Series. Uh, there was a bit of mm-hmm. an uptick. That was my sentiment yeah. too. Was like, fuck, this mm-hmm. is yeah, so I remember good we had, for live. We had, we, yeah, we had the same thinking. We're like, okay, yes, now it's live poker is going to rank king. No, um, people want the volume. Yeah, exactly. Everyone just moved to Cabo. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Guapo? You uh, you up and move to the homeland? Uh, no, I decided to move all my money onto lock poker because what are the oh. odds? What are the odds that you know another site is going to take? My well, money? pretty high, <laughs> Guapo. <laughs> that didn't work out so good. Yeah, big shout out to Matt Stout. He got dragged over the coals for mm. for uh, repping that site. Um, lock poker for those who don't recall, effectively post Black Friday attempted to continue to err. Maybe they were an upstart at the time. I don't even recall. They, they were a very, very, very small site. Mm-hmm. But they either continued to try to operate in America or they started to operate. Uh, they might have been an offshoot of Doyle's Room, which eventually became ACR. Uh, I, don't, I honestly don't know what network they were part of, but they were very small. I thought uh, it was called Merge. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were a part of the Merge part of network. network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Carbon, them. Cake. Um- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cake poker. Mm, yeah, what, Lock had some pretty big names though. Like they had yeah, they had uh, the grinder. They had Overstat. They had the grinder. They had Chris Mormon. Like they had some pretty big. They should have got Phil Lock. Yeah, that was a dad they, they joke. Some, they, that mm. that went over my head. I have no idea. What well, Phil Lock poker. Is the Unabomber. Phil oh, Lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rad joke. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad Michelle loves you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two points, Lamana. You just got to keep everybody on their toes, you know? Do you know what happened with the Merge Network, Chin? It still runs. Really? I'm pretty sure. What site? Sportsbook.com, Carbon Poker. Oh, so nothing in the U.S. Oh, though. so it's like one of those. It's all... yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they call me. Like, they're like, they like call me like, hey, do you want to make a deposit? <laughs> no. Like, no, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I think so. Your funds were gone forever, right, Wapo? Yeah, yeah, not getting those back. Never. I tried and tried for like literally 
I don't know, like six months to a year, and I just kept getting like the chat person that was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're working on it. We'll get it soon." Never happened. Damn. Yeah, I remember they ran some sort of like contest where you get your money back. No, <laughs> uh, it was like it was like some sort of bankroll challenge where they gave a bunch of influencers, quote unquote, a hundred dollar bankroll, and like two weeks or a month or something to like try to spin it. And then they sent them this, uh, it, was, it was brand new technology at the time. It was like a flip cam that had a USB stick attached to it. Mm. So basically you would record and then you would just plug it right into your computer and upload the footage direct. It was actually pretty ingenious, yes, all things considered. I do remember and that. they sent it to Brent. Right, yes, that's why I remember it. He dusted his hundo, hundo like instantly. Mm-hmm. It didn't last an hour. I, he just like hopped right into the biggest stakes that he could. He was just broke. And he was still obligated to like do some sort of content. So he ended up making this bit where he pretended to be Chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, I wish so desperately I could find this video. Oh, I wonder if he has it. He was wearing a leather jacket that you got for final tabling uh, events during LAPC. That's right. The LAPC final table jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody knows the LAPC final table jacket. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm sort of, being serious. I'm being serious. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, so like, it was this ugly ass that. leather jacket that says like LAPC commerce casino final like, table on like, the back. Yeah. It was like, yeah, stitched, like stitched in. in. Yep. And he dresses up as Kessler and is impersonating him talking about like, you know, structures and coupons and all. It was <laughs> fucking hilarious. He just as absolutely only Brent Hanks could oh, do. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he had, uh, you guys probably don't remember, but this was like 2012, 2011, maybe. He had on this yellow t-shirt. It was this chainsaw t-shirt that I think <laughs> Poker Road was selling at the time. And it just says like the chainsaw on it or something like that with a picture of Kessler. Yeah. It was fucking amazing. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I would give a lot to, to recover that footage. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was very good. Anyway, I was in New Orleans for my college catcher's bachelor party. And it was the day after we had spent, I don't know, 18 hours in little darling strip club and i just wake up the next morning we're all, first of all this whole trip was fucking wild we fly there it's you know april 13th 14th whatever that we get there and uh it's it's nearing Mar- mardi gras it's not during but it's like near that time i think mardi gras is like around easter if no, I'm- mardi gras is um in in february oh it's, it's the day it's the day oh, okay, before okay. uh ash wednesday yeah, that yeah, right, I, right around that area. Right, Fat yeah, Tuesday I knew it was something, and, yeah. something to do with uh, Easter, but I didn't realize it was before, not after. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Right before uh, Lent, yeah. Yeah, so it must have been like shortly thereafter. Um, and we get there, and for whatever reason, it's a fucking heat wave. It's like 109 degrees, and humidity is like 100%. Mm-hmm. So I get off the plane, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, what is this hellhole? And how do people come here and enjoy themselves? Uh, I get dropped off. This is pre-Uber, so I like take a cab or whatever. I get dropped off in the wrong area. I'm like in the French Quarter, and I have to like walk to Bourbon Street where I'm meeting everybody. And uh, there was like there was a part of this area that I walked through that was just like I'm glad it was daytime because it felt like somewhere that you didn't want to be after dark. The hood. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was like particularly broken down or impoverished but it just like felt scary like everybody was just like 
I don't know. Like it felt like a little tiny collective community, and I was not welcome. Like everybody's out on their porch, just kind of like eye fucking me as I walk by, and uh, I <laughs> I realized later why. Like this is why it's important to understand. Like it wasn't a poor area. It wasn't something where I felt like I was in physical danger. I just felt like I really did not belong. Okay. Right. <laughs> And I'm like getting these side eyes and everything else. I'm like walking through. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, what did I do? I, I got to get <laughs> out of here. Like, it's so clear I don't belong, right? So I finally get to Bourbon Street. And I was like, what the fuck is going on back there? Like, they were not happy that I was walking through. They're like, oh, that's the gay part of town. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, I, I don't fit in? Come on. I'm one of you guys. We're all the same. Uh, so yeah, it was like the gay pride area. And it was just very clear that I, I didn't belong. Uh, we get to Bourbon Street, and have you ever been? No. Okay. I'm not. You would. Younger, I would enjoy it. Younger, you would have fucking right, yes. loved it. Yeah. This is blackout central, man. Mm. It's literally just like bars. And perfect for my mid twenties. Yeah, just bars <laughs> lining the streets everywhere, and every one of them has a signature drink, and they're all fucking same. It's just like a giant plastic thing of alcohol that is turned into some sort of like slushy or yeah, it's half sugar half alcohol yeah just getting you blitzed yeah so everybody's blacking out obviously uh they're, they're all buying their tornadoes and all, all kinds of other shit and we end up at the strip club and uh the the bachelor is just like on one we end up talking this stripper off of her shift to hang out with us and well uh <laughs> anyway it ends up being like a late night so all of this, I, I'm prefacing all of this for how big of a shit show it is because uh, things were different in 2011. Like, you didn't have the same technology that you have accessible now. I fucking forget my ID. Or, sorry, not my ID, my, my debit card. And I have zero cash. And it's 2011, so there's no Venmo, there's no PayPal. I mean, there might have been PayPal, but, like, not the way we know it now. Right, yeah. it, it was annoying. It took, mm -hmm. like, days to send money and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. So I'm, like, hitting up my drunken college friends for cash the whole time telling them like you know i'll pay you back as soon as i get to vegas like i'll, I'll send you venmo or wire or whatever but they're all just like so unreliable because they're completely blacking out <laughs> so it ends up working out that i wake up the next morning uh and i'm like trying to meet them all for breakfast and i get a phone call um from ironically enough uh one of my baseball buddies out here that i'm playing an adult league with he goes you here I'm like, hear what? He's like, it's over, man. I'm like, what? He's like, internet poker. The government came in. They shut the whole thing down. <laughs> and I just remember hanging up the phone going, yes. <laughs> Finally. I'm done. <laughs> because like a, a couple years prior to Black Friday, I grinded mm -hmm. my dick off for like an eight month period online. And I never, ever, ever wanted to do it again. Yeah, like you never really enjoyed online poker but you played it because it was necessary i feel like well specifically that eight month stretch yeah. like i didn't have a mm -hmm. lot of money brent was willing to to put me in and like kind of guide me and yeah, right i just became a slave to the to the system like i was grinding 100 percent of tournaments ranging in buy-ins from like 11 dollars to yeah. 215 every single day mm -hmm. like every, every day, day all day yeah all day didn't hesitate was eating all my meals at the desk like stopped working out consistently just didn't care uh ended up coming out of the back end of it like winning a lot i i think i won i think i cashed for something along the lines of like 700k yeah, in that, that stretch. was like the last year we all lived together yeah me and you and brent and yeah 
I, I cashed for somewhere in the neighborhood of like 700k during all that stretch culminating in me chopping the the full tilt sunday million or sunday 750k uh for like 115,000 heads up and I, I just remember the sigh of relief when that happened it happened on super bowl sunday in 2010 uh where i was just like okay i'm done like i'm done with this <laughs> i have a hundred thousand dollars again mm -hmm. like i'm fucking done and, and that's I, how you felt on black friday yeah well because i really was i right. i had not played the hundred rebuy probably in like 13 months at that point and i i was tr truly truly done trying to transition into high stakes at the time i was pretty flush uh, i was playing a lot of 10 20 40 and that makes sense you were playing live because i was backing you at the mm -hmm. time yeah uh, so i know for a fact <laughs> you were playing a lot of live poker yeah uh really really lighting it on fire <laughs> i do what i can for you burke yeah, I... <laughs> they still talk about la Mana at the bellagio 510 oh, sure. <laughs> they're like what are, what is la Mana coming back mm -hmm. I'm like, legend never man. coming back never coming back i'm i'm in the online streets now i don't know man i could see you back out there I could see you on that grinding game. live cash. I could see you getting back in the Hollis game. Mm, oh, the Hollis game. If the Hollis game <laughs> exists, there is then. a Hollis game. <laughs> I don't know. If there is, I would play that. I think it's Sashimi's game now. Mm. <laughs> the younger generation has come mm. in. I could, I could see you on the, DJ's still there every yeah. fucking day. He's been grinding it since hey. he was 16. He was. He is. You know, I, I, coming to think about like your story, Berkey, mm. um, I feel like every successful poker player has that like window of time where they've like put in a lot of effort like in a short amount of time whether it's like infinite hands online or like infinite hours of study and and like playing live like overnight hours like yeah. multiple times a week whatever like everyone i think has that story in their own way you know and yeah i, I, I think of, i think that ties back to the to the Ben CB post where he was trying to kind of reiterate that like if you're not spending your 20s grinding that you're not doing it right and uh I think that what you're saying is is very true and it does kind of uh double down on what Ben's saying but I also think um it's it's a it's an indictment against what he's saying because you're right it's such a short period of it's it's such a small window it's never I spent five years grinding endlessly because the people who say that tend right. to not find success yeah 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 right I mean, some people are just they just don't have it right just don't yeah well it. yeah everybody has their ceiling right like when we think about it we're talking about these black friday stories all the people who moved abroad and continued the pursuit of grinding and stuff like that how many of them actually turned out to be success stories yeah yeah i mean that's the thing we don't really know right like a lot of those guys ended up coming back at some point. Like I know that like Christian Harder and those guys, like they tried to go and then they ended up just like coming back because they just like couldn't, you know, they just didn't do it. They well, I guess that's it. my point is that um, on one hand, it looks like the ultimate sacrifice, right? You're willing to move to Rosarito, Mexico and just like grind 365, 24 yeah. seven and uh, be better off for it. But on the other hand, the people who, who believed that that was, the next step rather than seeing it what for what it was that this market was now shifting and that it had ultimately changed and if you hadn't already made it in this particular arena it's time to move on and if you have already made it then it's time to leverage in in other aspects right uh the people who did who couldn't really see that and instead were looking for a means to an end 
that were just like, how am I going to pay my rent next month? Like, I still need to make X amount of dollars per month, yada, yada, yada. They all burned out. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know many, if any. Uh, maybe like K-Rab, but like he didn't, he didn't leave Black Friday. He left like years after the fact. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah, so... Yeah, there was there were other people like, uh, like G-Man who ended up just like... Just he shifted. Like full-time live. Yeah, yeah like... Yeah, or weird, or like or like Gelfond who just like shifted right into business. That's that's my point, right? Like if you had already been accomplished in that arena, then you said, "Okay, this is no longer available to me. I'm going to leverage what I've uh, accomplished and these skills and everything else into another arena." And you saw guys like Gelfond transition out. You saw G-Man transition out. They they moved into other spaces that potentially had a higher ceiling anyway. The the people who were the day-to-day grinders, the ones that were keeping the tournament guarantees what they were, the ones that were uh, really putting in max volume, but also only seeing some return, right? Uh, you know, it's not that they were getting no return. It's just that their ROI wasn't, it wasn't the elites. It wasn't the top 1%. They were just hanging on, right? And they were hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. And then eventually the supernova elite uh, system crashed once stars was sold to Amaya and the hanger honors, the hanging honors uh, died a painful death. Right, because they were just they were getting by on such a low win rate to begin with, and reliant upon so many things baked into the ecosystem, like rewards and all this other stuff, that eventually it just you, you couldn't sustain. And I guess that's the counter argument to like what Ben is saying. Like, if you want to, if you're willing to sacrifice an entire decade in order to get ahead, you better have a very clear definition of what ahead is, right? You don't sacrifice an entire decade to be a winning poker player. You sacrifice an entire decade to be the elitist poker player. Like a one of one. Somebody who's capable of making 10x what the average uh, income would be for a winning player, right? Like, a Nick Fertucci? Well, no. <laughs> you sacrifice the rules if you're Nick Fertucci. <laughs> you got, time is precious, man. You don't fucking waste time. What the fuck's the matter with you? That might be the best. <laughs> that might be the best counter argument of all time to Ben CBs. Like, fuck your hard work. I'm just gonna find a rule to skirt. <laughs> wow, we got a wrap there. There's a there's a loophole here somewhere. <laughs> the fuck out of here! Man. I can't uh, wait to my next rap party. I'm gonna fucking go right on stage at that one. My next <laughs> rap party. <laughs> fuck you. you. You like those callbacks? Right? I hate yeah. you. I absolutely hate you. I love you. Um, all right, let's let's talk a little bit of the details or the the finer details, I guess, of Black Friday. Uh, since we've been teasing it now for forty five minutes, anybody watching this who isn't familiar that uh, wants to know what the hell it is that we're talking about, uh, Black Friday was a day infamous in poker history, uh, April fourteenth, two thousand eleven, where the uh, DOJ came in, seized all the funds of the major operators in the United States, basically saying that they were operating illegally. Um, and they were doing so citing the UIGEA Act, which is Unlawful Internet Gaming Enforcement Act. Now, bear in mind that uh, this is just an enforcement act. So it, it doesn't actually levy any penalties or uh, criminal uh, offenses. It can only be tacked on to already existing criminal offenses. And the existing criminal offense that everybody by proxy then became guilty of was money laundering. Um, so basically, uh, the government was accusing them all of being bad actors who were, uh, you know, not operating legally, 
uh, were were breaking this act, as well as, um, you know, in in the case of full tilt poker, uh, effectively had a Ponzi scheme scheme set up. Uh, so, what is the Unlawful Internet Gaming Enforcement Act, and and why does it pertain to poker? Um, it's been around since the '70s, but it was strictly uh, it was also known as the Wire Act, and it was strictly uh, put into place to prevent people from basically calling their bookies and placing bets. So the whole purpose of it was to police unlawful uh, sports betting, right? Um, in 2006, with the internet, you know, blossoming, uh, the government kind of understood that this is now going to go well beyond uh, phone, phone communication and things of that nature, and they wanted to pass it now policing all gambling transactions over the internet, basically putting it on the banks uh, to, to kind of police who they did payment processing with. Um, but it was clear it wasn't going to pass. So at the last minute, at the, like the 11th hour, I can't remember the, I think it was a senator, I can't remember his name, but he snuck it into the Port Authority bill that was a shoe in to pass and mm -hmm. was unanimously voted to, to pass uh the Port Authority bill, I believe, had something to do with us protecting our ports. Uh, I, I think it had something to do with national security. So it definitely like, did, yeah. yeah. And they, that's why I knew it would pass, because those Correct. kind of things were passing, especially like five years out of 9-11. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it was always getting through. And this is a common political tactic where you take some nonsense thing that you really want to push through that nobody's going to pay any attention to, and you sneak it in. So it gets passed. <clears throat> immediately, well, not immediately, but uh, within a short period of time thereafter, um, or maybe it was immediate. Uh, all online gaming in the United States just ceased. So October 2006, everything just shut down. Uh, and it wasn't that the sites became unoperable. It was that we had no way to access our funds. Everything was being held at the time in NetTeller, oh. which was a third-party processor similar to PayPal now. Um, they were doing all of the transactions and uh, all of our funds got frozen. I was... I remember I was so much oh, more afraid. Terrified. I was younger and didn't know any better and everything mm -hmm. else, but like I was fucking scared. I'm like, we're never getting this money back, man. We're dealing with like these shady European payment processors. How much did I, you have? Uh, at the time, I had sixty thousand, which was like sixty x. Might have been like I literally, I literally, I had just gone back to back. Uh, Super Monday, Super Tuesdays on Party Poker, where I got like second and first on their nightly tournaments uh -huh. for like 25K and 35K back to back. So I just have 60,000 and then this happens. I'm like, God damn it. Somebody found out I was winning. And so like at the, <laughs> at the time too, like we thought like keeping your money on NetTeller was much safer than keeping it on the sites. Which technically it was. Right. It, it, after it all played out, Black of Friday play yes. out. Like right. we, were, we, were, we were sharp right. before but, it was sharp. Right, but we're like, okay, well, we're going to keep it on here because we don't want to keep it on the sites because we don't know. Right. You know, they're, they're not a... And they also had that and... nice debit card that you could just mm -hmm. use everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was like NetTeller became your own bank um, and you could... Uh, yeah, you could link all of your payments through NetTeller. Like it was amazing. It was it was an incredible feature, and we thought it was safer than the sites until this act passed, and then we we're like, "Fuck, man!" So my funds were frozen for a substantial amount of time, weeks for sure, uh, until finally like everything was released. As I see it now, it was always going to be released back because we weren't breaking any laws, and also uh, UIGEA was not 
a, a real enforceable act, right? It was right. something they'd be tacked on. Net teller wasn't breaking any of the rules. But like at the time when you got whatever it is, ninety percent of your net worth locked up for God knows when. Fucking hundred and ten for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot. Right. Yeah. Just scary time. Yeah. And we're like, you know, we're young. We're like in our like early twenties too, mm-hmm. so we don't know shit about you. No, we're yeah. Just like just lost. Like. Can't believe this. Our parents were right. I was looking for jobs. And it's like, let's let's go. Let's yeah. go. Always told me. Yep. <laughs> um, fast forward amount, now. Like, that's a large amount of money. Like, oh yeah. Like we we kind of throw these numbers around. Like they don't really like like sixty thousand dollars for you to just like go back to zero. Like that's a really big hit. Like it's hard for you to get that back, especially. At, uh, twenty four. I wasn't yeah. supposed to have sixty thousand. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's crazy because like that happened. Well, like I think when that happened, I didn't have a lot. I had maybe like I think I had like ten thousand or something like on that tower. But I had like more money. Like I had money on the site and I had money like cash. So I was like, it wasn't that crazy. But a similar thing happened to me where full tilt. I, this is like not long after I won the uh the. Like it was like a hundred K score or something. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the Sunday tournament on there. And I had like transferred money to someone I shouldn't have. Like, and they were, they were accused of using bots and this kind of stuff. And since I had like a paper trail back then, since I transferred the money, like full tilt locked up $80,000. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. That? Yeah. I they do. Literally, yeah. I had like, I literally had all of my money. Like it was all because this happened like not long after I won the tournament. And it was like $80,000 just like locked up for like, or four weeks i was like losing my mind like and i had to like send them all these things and they were saying oh it's pending we don't know we have to review this before we we don't know if we're gonna like re- release your funds i'm like oh my god i finally win this huge tournament and they're just gonna take it all yeah but, uh, spaz- no yeah for like three three <laughs> weeks i remember I was like well i'm going back to cell making just grinding the uh the 200 or the uh, five five game correct me if i'm wrong but i somehow had a small piece of that score I don't think you did. For I some reason, it sticks out in my mind that you took us to a steak dinner. Oh, I definitely did that. Yes. And I had 5% somehow. I, I don't know, know how. Well, we used to. Because so, we didn't swap. So, yeah, no, no, we did. Back then, remember, it was like we would do, we would do like a 20% swap if you, if you played. And then no matter like uh, now how many people of us that all did it, like, so like say there was five of us, then everyone would get like 4%. Mm. Or, and I, I'm, I believe in that tournament, it was Brent um it was um okay maybe brian Pacholi. yeah yeah. and it was like the first time he ever like got in that group to do that and then i just rip it off and just ship him 10k yeah okay Um, maybe it was i remember them having yeah it was brent um it was yeah it was brent maybe greg i can't remember yeah it was definitely brent and brian and maybe brandon like yeah it was like three people that i ended up sending them like Nine thousand each. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, yeah. So I, I, I knew you swapped some of it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lamana started the tradition of that. That was the first major tournament when anybody had. So uh, he took us to dinner. Yeah, and that was, that became a thing. Right. Exactly. Now it's no longer a thing because no amount of money is enough. It never is. <laughs> and nobody <laughs> wins you do fucking yesterday? tournaments. Uh. Oh, whatever. Big cash scores, whatever. How'd you do yesterday? One a quarter million. Uh, but I'm on a quarter million downswing. Yeah, so right. You don't get dinner for me. <laughs> Um, all right, fast forward to 2011 now, whenever Black Friday does actually uh, take place. Uh, the major talking points that we need to, to basically look around are the three operators, Stars, Full Tilt, and uh, UB slash Absolute, or the um, Cirrus Network. Um, the biggest talking point here is obviously Full Tilt. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for last, I suppose. 
Um, what's worth mentioning first, uh, actually, maybe I'll do it in order. So let's do stars full tilt, then, then you'd be absolute. Uh, so with stars, they were the white knights of all of this, uh, of, of this storyline. They basically did everything above board. Um, for those who are not familiar, the owner and founder, um, Isai Scheinberg was, he's revered as like one of the greatest to ever do anything in this space. Uh, he's an innovator. He was, uh, again, the type of person who was completely above board throughout all of this. Um, he also made the conscious decision after the UIGEA Act to stay in the United States market in spite, or in spite of the fact that uh, other operators like Party Poker pulled out. And parties basically, uh, Party was basically saying, like, look, we're a publicly traded company. Uh, we don't want to be taken off of the exchange and we can't be doing anything to uh, go against regulation. So we're going to pull out of the United States market. And Stars basically uh, decided to stay they were operating off of a precedent that was set in 2002. I don't, I remember reading it earlier today, but I don't have it in front of me, but basically an act that said um, uh, poker was not the same as sports betting. And they operated accordingly, basically, you know, uh, off of this former precedent saying like, you know, uh, they're not going to come after us. Also the, the aspect that uh, UIGEA was not uh, a law but instead of an enforcement act, uh, there was very little retribution that could be taken. So uh, he did make this conscious decision and he operated above board. Everything was done well. Uh, that's why when the DOJ finally did step in, um, he cooperated with them immediately. He was able to create um, a settlement within five days uh, and operations were only halted on stars for 11 days. So 11 days after Black Friday, they were up and running rest of the world again. Carry on as usual, right? Um, all players were repaid immediately. I don't know if you remember this process, but uh, I was super thankful because I had like 80% of my online money was on stars. Yeah. Getting up yeah, for it, uh, scoop. Mm -hmm. They were just like, here's like, th wasn't there like a window of time where they were like, okay, now you can just like cash it out. And then everyone went and cashed it out. And then it was, and it was like in your account like the next day or like it was instant. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Uh, whatever the pay payment processor right. was. Um, mm -hmm. It was very, very quick. Yeah. Uh, he also honored all uh, VPP points. So he allowed everybody to cash in their loyalty points as well. Yeah. Which, you know, they certainly didn't have to do that. They're losing these customers. <laughs> they, they don't owe them uh, that additional aspect. So, uh, you know, we, we speak very highly uh, of Esai. We were talking about him earlier the, this year uh, of somebody who was being nominated for the Hall of Fame and, you know, maybe the most deserving uh, of the bunch. Uh, these are the reasons why. Right. You really... Do yeah. things the right way. Yeah, he really laid the groundwork for how a business should be operated in this space. And uh, he's somebody that we should look to more frequently for, for that sort of precedent. Um, he did, however, face indictment charges from the DOJ. So uh, what ultimately ended up happening was um, he... I'm not sure where he was located, uh, but he was basically fading... Uh, extradition, uh, extradition, <laughs> extradition. Uh, he was he was like fading extradition for uh, the better part of a decade. So in 2019, he finally got extradited out of uh, I think Switzerland, where he was on vacation. Uh, and at that point, uh, Stars was just a, a, a good actor. He had sold them in 2014 to Amaya Gaming uh, for 4.9 billion. Um, 
and he also uh you know had repaid all player funds he had worked at the doj so they just gave him a slap on the wrist i think he ultimately ended up paying a, a very small fine and did no jail time i think he paid a 30k fine uh with with no jail time so um all told he was you know came out not only looking like the 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 product or the 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 knight in shining armor and all of this but um also uh, effectively never had any criminal offense uh, levied against him. The wild part to me is it says here that the fucking director of payments at PokerStars had to pay 119000 Yeah, and he got let off easy by comparison too. So if you continue looking on that list, yeah. uh, I think Guapo has a, a graphic of it. Um, it's all of the, the heads of payment processing that got the, the worst of it, right? Yeah. So a lot of the people on that list are actually uh, a part of... Uh, this payment processing company called Instabill, uh, which was utilized by all three major sites. And they used other payment processors as well. So some of those names on there were a part of like other third-party companies. But basically what the government was saying was that they all consciously went against the UIGEA. Uh, and I'll, I'll explain how uh, now, I guess. So this Instabill company... Um, for those of you who watch regularly, I've talked a lot about this Australian payment processing company that ultimately helped bring Full Tilt to its knees. And I couldn't, I couldn't remember a lot of the details. I just knew that the owner was in Vegas and was like on the run and owed a bunch of money. And uh, that had something to do with Black Friday. But uh, in digging through and doing a little bit more research, it had everything to do with Black Friday. So uh, David uh, Tetzkoff is the man you see before you. Uh, he was the owner and founder of uh, Instabil. I believe he's 39 now, so at the time he would have been like um, 28, 28, 28, 28 years yeah. old. Uh, he founded this company like fresh out of high school, I think. Like he was just a, a, a prodigy of sorts. Um, effectively, what they did was they created a third, third party payment processor that would skirt the UIGEA rules. And the way that they would do this would be by relabeling the, the processing fee. So instead of it saying, um, you know, $1,000 uh, sent to full tilt poker or something along those lines, which would obviously get flagged immediately by a financial institution, it would say like $1,000 uh, for a stereo <laughs> or some other good or service, mm -hmm. right? Um, so effectively, they just, they, they, they found a way to uh, repackage the labeling when it went to the financial institution and they just relabeled things uh, according to what was seen as being on the up and up. Um, as I mentioned, they processed for all three major sites, Full Tilt Stars and uh, the Absolute Networks. Uh, here's where the story gets weird. So late in 2010, and I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, but Full Tilt had like a major lag on their payment processing. I vaguely remember this because mm -hmm. it was right around the time that I had my big score. Mm -hmm. uh, and I... I partially remember there being like extra hoops I had to jump through and longer delay times when it came to getting money out. There might even been like caps on your withdrawals. I can't really recall, but I do remember there being like some latency that wasn't there in years past. Um, but I kind of just chalked it up to I never had a lot of money. So maybe that was the, the issue why. Um, it turns out that it was a byproduct. Well, we're not really sure, I guess. Because the other sites were still operating as normal. And we know that Instabil was their payment processor also. But they also had uh, other payment processors. So 
perhaps their volume was just higher in other areas in Instabil, where like it was probably the highest for full tilt specifically. Uh, in any event, what became un uh, uncovered was that Instabil owed upwards of 140 million to clients, specifically full tilt, uh, while Tevkov's partners were siphoning funds to accounts that only they had access to. So effectively, his business partners were stealing from his company and then locking him out of the accounts that they were stealing the money to. So uh, basically, 140 million came up missing, or uh, or at least was owed. We don't know if that was like what all the partners stole or whatnot. Um, and as this was occurring, I imagine that Batar and crew are footing the bill. So they're making up uh, for this money owed to them by these payment processors by just like you know funding it themselves. I'm sure, which. Given the way that they were making money hand over fist, I mean, you know, there were rumors that, that Ivy was making like 10 million a month. Yeah. Uh, they could afford it. That's not the issue. But when you're, when you're an end boss making infinite money, you get a little impatient with the people, the, the peons beneath you who are potentially stealing, you know? Uh, so Full Tilt, in their impatience, uh, alerted authorities. Uh, so Tevkovs came to the United States, came to Las Vegas specifically to try to handle this. And I don't know if that the, the process of handling it was like trying to negotiate the bill down with, with people like Full Tilt or if, uh, you know, he's trying to make good on the money uh, and set up a plan, whatever the case may be. Uh, Full Tilt grew impatient and alerted the authorities that he was here in Vegas and was basically a money launderer. Uh, so the FBI arrests him and they basically tell him everything that he's done and all of the laws that his, his company has broken. And they threaten him with 76 years in jail. So basically life. Yeah. And, you know, being a 28-year-old kid who's worth 100 plus million himself, he flips. Of course. Because why wouldn't you? Of course. Right? And he says, what do you need to know about these three sites and how they're operating? Then comes Black Friday. So therein was born literally months prior to Black Friday... It was born out of full tilt actually turning on their payment processor who ultimately flipped on them. It played themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to play this out in my head as uh, kind of like a mafia type thing. Yeah. Where, you know, like the, the, the head boss uh, kind of like uh, snitches on, on a lower ranking uh, member or whatever, mm -hmm. and then he turns around. And then and he tells, turns, yeah, and then he turns on the boss mm -hmm. and just becomes the boss. Yeah. Um, ah, where is that dude now? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. Uh, he's fine. He's like living abroad. Uh, he might actually be back in Australia. I can't recall. I, I did read something about it, but basically, the money that was owed was never found. Oh shit, mm. DB Cooper. So, <laughs> nice callback. so either he stashed it or his partners got away with it, I guess, but they were never able to trace any of this 140 million that just came up missing. Uh, and it seems like he's living a pretty good life. So <laughs> I imagine he, you know, he had some amount of it stuffed away, mm -hmm. uh, but it's funny uh, whenever he flipped, they put him in witness protection program and they, they just threw him in. Um, oh, fuck. Where did why was I thinking it was funny? Where's Rutgers? Rutgers? New Jersey. No, sorry, not Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers Island. Rutgers Ruck, 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 Island. Rutgers Island. Ruck, 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 Ruck,
Queens. It's it's close okay, to the city. Not Queens. It's 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 like it's on the Hudson River, like a little north. Yeah. He, anyway, he got thrown somewhere in New York City, but it was it was like uh, I I keep wanting to say the Bronx, but it wasn't the Bronx. But it was like somewhere where it was just like this guy had to be sticking out like a sore fucking thumb <laughs> in this area, like. Mm. Uh, as as in witness protection, like um, imagine just running into an Aussie in uh the the middle of like the Bronx or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing here, man? I mean, nowadays it might happen a lot more, but yeah, I mean, this is eleven years ago. Um, so that brings us then to you know full tilt getting taken down effectively. Uh, they they were the major player in all of this. Like you know, stars had to seize operations in America, but for all intent and purposes, they came out of it. They're a multi-billion dollar yeah. company um and you being absolute or tiny so i guess uh i'll pause on the full tilt story real quick to 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 say like what you being absolute's role was in all of this um as it's a much deeper story too that we could potentially do a deep dive into at another point in time i think i think it would be worth doing we could have uh david Paredes, uh gaucho um who helped uncover the god mode cheat i think phil will come on phil Yes. Uh, yeah, as long as we don't wear Bitcoin Latinum hat. <laughs> Never mind. We take that back. <laughs> Being the greatest. Um, guy fucking stinks. <laughs> I can't believe Carl's Jr. hasn't gone under, man. Everything this guy touches fucking goes to dust. <laughs> what, don't take what, away my big Carl, please. What's the opposite of the Midas touch? Because <clears throat> that's what that's what Helmuth has. Like yeah. He touches a company and he becomes a leper. <laughs> <laughs> fucking arms start falling off. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, so you be absolute. Um, you know he's about to be a billionaire, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. give a shit. There's a lot of bets. <laughs> Your chin comes right in to start defending. I'm him. just <laughs> saying, bro. Hey, he wants all. to have a billionaire friend. I'm not going to be yeah. it. He knows that. <laughs> chin defends nah, all billionaires. You can still be it, Burke. No, nah, I'm not going to be a billionaire, mean, bro. I have faith in all your all your uh, visions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. I don't have any vision left, man. I'm old and withered. Yep. Uh, just, he's not just, lying. Just start going the, blind. Start the Berkey coin. Maybe you'll <laughs> it'll hundred uh, X. Yeah, it's your choice, really. You <laughs> uh, be absolute. Very short list of what happened here. So uh, this should be very evident that they were probably never on the up and up. Um, so bingo. Bingo! Oh, yeah. yeah up up. And up. <laughs> uh, so tracing back to the UBE scandal that happened in like 2008, I believe, and what it was was God Mode was programmed into their software where all hole cards were face up, and this was done as a security measure. However, uh, some higher ups within the company uh, took advantage of God Mode to basically fleece their clientele. Yeah. And uh, you know, we know of the Russ Hamilton uh, story where he was playing like N bosses heads up and was using the Pot Ripper account. And just winning, you know, hundreds of big blinds per hundred, and just, you know, probably one of the worst cheating incidences that we've ever seen come to light, where we have empirical proof. Um, as a byproduct of that, uh, UB and Absolute merged and became the Cirrus Network. Now, the the whole aspect of the Cirrus Network was to repackage these sites as now being clean and having cleaned house. But the truth of the matter is that they didn't. Uh, so. One of the founders, Scott Tom, remained on uh, at UB after the fact. Uh, he was a he was one of the ones who helped facilitate God Mode and helped facilitate Russ Hamilton's cheating. Um, upon the DOJ cracking down for Black Friday, 
they refused to do any deals with the DOJ. He fled to Antigua for six years in order to fade extradition. Uh, in 2017, he finally struck a plea deal with uh, the United States government, and it consisted of only a 300k fine. So, when it was all said and done, like there was very little retributions. Like I said, uh, you know, we were talking about that list. The actual owners and CEOs and founders, they just had to pay nominal fines, mm -hmm. with the exception of Full Tilt, which we'll discuss in a little bit more depth. Um, everybody else, it was all the payment processors. They were the ones who got the book thrown at them. They are all the ones who did jail time. Everybody else just quote unquote got time served. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Absolute and UB basically ceased operations. Uh, as of May 4th, they filed. Uh, so like uh, less than a month later, they filed for full bankruptcy by May 10th, which was exactly one month shy of a day. Uh, they reached an agreement with the DOJ promising to block all US players and uh, to, prom uh, to process payments. They never did though. So I don't know if you recall, but um, there were markets forming over the time of Full Tilt and UB not paying back their, their money. Uh, Full Tilt was selling anywhere between 75 cents and 90 cents on the dollar. UB and Absolute was selling for like 33 cents on the wow. dollar. Uh, and maybe even as low as like 10 cents. They did ultimately uh, pay back most of the funds from UB, uh, from UB and Absolute. Close to all, I think. And it was actually the government who rescued that player pool. So uh, not that we're big fans of celebrating uh, government intervention, but in this particular instance, they came in and they took a bunch of seized funds from other criminal cases and they began to repay back uh, the, the players affected from Ultimate Bet and uh, Absolute. That happened many, many years later, five, five years later, I believe, maybe four. Um, getting back to Full Tilt, I mentioned Ray Batar. He was the CEO of Full Tilt. And uh, this story goes super deep. Uh, if you guys ever have a few, uh, a spare couple of hours, go watch the Letterer Files on uh, Poker News's uh, YouTube. I don't recall. I don't know. I don't oh. Know. I don't recall. <laughs> I thought you didn't recall the interview. Yes, that was, <laughs> you're right. It, it's, it's kind of a big nothing burger. Um, but because we have so much more information now, I think that there's a lot we can we can glean from that interview. Uh, Matt Parvis took so much fucking heat for that interview. Uh, he was at the time, um, I believe the editor in chief of, of poker news. And he ended up becoming, uh, e even higher in upper management before ultimately leaving. Um, but I remember everybody was so dissatisfied for this interview. Uh, it seemed like a bit of a fluff piece. Uh, giving letter the 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 platform to kind of like defend himself he didn't have to really answer any of the tough questions etc but um you know to this day it's still very unclear to me at least the depth of the involvement of letterer and ferguson and lingren and a lot of the other owners like it's unclear to me where it starts and where it ends as far as like known involvement goes uh with the ponzi that was Full tilt. Uh, the only thing that does become clear is that whether he was incompetent or completely at fault, Ray Batar became the fall guy. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I think the person that uh, that everyone kind of agrees that knows everything is John Jawanda. But the problem is John Jawanda doesn't want to talk. Really? Why? Why Jawanda? Because Jawanda was the person that through many, many years, was saying that Ray Batar is incompetent and he should not be the, the CEO of the company. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, Ferguson, that was like Ferguson's like right hand man. So it was one of those where he would always go and fight with the other owners, right? You're talking about like uh, Jennifer Harmon and Ivy and all those other guys. And he's like, hey, let's get this guy out of here. But they would always uh, revert back to, no, you know, like Howard and, and Ferguson are the ones in, like in, in charge of operations. So it's really a John Juanda that like was that tier right below like the uh, the, the the executive suite or whatever um, mm-hmm. that really wanted him out. And he knows why. So mm. yeah, I could see that. It, it that also leads me to believe that Letterer is truly the guy who knows everything. Then he has to know where all the bodies are buried. Yeah, but he'll but, he, but he's but he's guilty. <laughs> so yeah, 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 right. He's, he's untouchable. Talk. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. never gonna talk. Of course, of course. I wonder if there's a statue uh, of limitation to the point where, like, at some point in time, Letterer could just like do a tell-all. Maybe, but yeah. what would his incentive he be? Probably, he probably... A book like, deal? Oh, well. <laughs> I'll fucking pay. Yeah. I'll watch that movie. Get Michael mm. Lewis out here. Bro, dual fucking release. The FTX Chronicles and then the Full Tilt Chronicles. One right after another. Michael Lewis has two blockbusters. Let's fucking go. Boom. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. The thing is that they probably all know so much dirt about each other that like no one's going to snitch at this point. Yeah. Like, they, yeah, They man. all made Different a bunch times. of money. Like, no, they made piles. Bro, they yeah, made like piles. It was, it was ridiculous. What's crazy, what, what's honestly crazy reflecting back is, so Stars basically, uh, Stars and Full Tilt had, had a similar approach, right? They, they would sign big name pros, right? But Stars went with um, a little bit of a mix between like established, uh, uh, the established old guard, so to speak, mixed, and the up and comers. mixed with like up and comers, where Full Tilt had it their pros like the the play with the pros or whatever was like their founding board yeah right? the owners were the players right like that was and the then part. Yeah. yeah and then the tier down from that was just anybody who ever won anything yeah literally yeah. if you'd won a major you were fucking patched what the hell i won one I no 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 patched. like live everything was about oh. live right so like if you had ever had a live tournament score you, you were getting patched at full <laughs> tilt uh so like if you look at the collective Stars was like Negranu, Barry Greenstein, um, Moneymaker, Moneymaker, uh, and then like Vanessa, Vanessa yeah, Vanessa Selps, Russo, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mercier, Mercier, yeah, and then on the other side, it was that board. So Letterer, Ivy, Matisau, Harmon, Harmon. No, not Matisau. He was so tear down. He was down. Matisau with- never bought a piece. That was his biggest regret of his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he had the option to have a piece instead of a monthly, and he took the monthly, if I recall. I don't think he was an owner. No, no, I like, agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. I'm just saying I think it was a choice. Oh, okay, okay. Um, in any event, like, it was it was that. And then, like, you know, as we said, like, all of the red pros. There were just so many red mm-hmm. pros, right? And it, it had this wide range. Looking back on it, though, what, what I was going to say that I find fascinating is that core group of stars pros all flourished mm-hmm. all of them right with maybe the exception of greenstein who's sometimes rumored to to kind of uh be on his ass a little bit and and uh be flush or bust at any given time everybody else out of that group is fucking killing man selbst mercier negranu uh moneymaker like these guys made money hand over fist like just infinite amounts right yeah. when you look at the full tilt side only howard 
Ivy. Ivy. Well, even Ivy, yeah. like, effectively mm-hmm. went broke post-full yeah. tilt. Right. Right? So, like, almost all of them were struggling financially in a mm-hmm. big, big, big way post-Black post Friday. It's because they were making so much. Like, yeah. I've had a lot of conversations about this with, uh, with, with Jennifer Harmon, who's, like, a good friend of mine. And she was like, yeah, like, you don't understand. Like, we're making so much that, right. like, you're living, you know, your, your, your standard day-to-day living all of a sudden is, like, really expensive. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, overnight, this is all gone. You still have these expenses. You still have these things uh, that you have to take care of. And you don't know if it's coming back. So you're not, like, full-blown, like, taking everything away. Right. Then all of a sudden, you know, like, things start catching up so i think it i think it just had to be that you know just like anyone else like you're living this life that it's like you're just your living expenses are just too high and you think Mm -hmm. it's just like a never gonna end train i get it on a smaller scale like when i was routinely playing in ivy's room and getting to play three six twelve on the regular like even though i didn't have all of myself um i still had a certain expectation that I would make annually, right? And it's like, it was a lot. Like my hourly was really fucking high. And even only having like, you know, 15 to 40% at any given time was gonna yield a very big return, right? Like far bigger than playing 15 to tw- fifteen to 40% of those stakes. So even if like I got reduced to call it like 200, 400 and I had all of myself, I was still making more <laughs> in the Ivy Room yeah. game, right? Now fast forward, uh, you know, right before the pandemic, that game kind of disappears or like right at the pandemic, whatever, that game kind of disappears and we come out the other end of it. And now I'm playing like a cap of 100, 200 on my own. So it's like in, in a much tougher climate too, right? right? Like the game's so much. Yeah. Your win rates going down too. Right. My hourly might be like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15% of what it was. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's, that might be a little bit extreme, but anyway, you, you, you get what I'm saying. Like it's at least half of what it was. And I'm older now too. So like naturally speaking, your lifestyle lifestyle is just going to continually increase in, in cost because of inflation, because of responsibility, because of life getting all of these things start to pile up. Right. So I get it on a small scale, right? That's very small scale because that happened over years and there's an adjustment phase and Mm -hmm. you know, you, you figure out like where you can scale back a little bit and uh, you know, other avenues to potentially earn money to fill in the gaps, whatever. When it happens overnight like that, and you're not sure that those checks are going to just stop rolling in, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of these pros were making a million a month. Yeah. Yeah. Seven figures a month. Like, like Eric Lingren is probably the most um, known story out of all this, where he was the young, younger generation of the old guard, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's like my age, maybe slightly older. Yeah. It was like him and Antonius. Right. Right. Uh, and, you know, he's a gambler. He fires hard. He's a sports better. He does all of these things. And he was making piles, like 500K a month, a million a month, whatever. The, you believe in your head. That's going to continue. Well, specifically right. in like 2011, you believe mm-hmm. in your head. Oh, I, I could just make this doing what I've always done. Mm-hmm. I'll go play yeah, high the stakes. The bad part yeah. about his stuff was that he was borrowing off of his points. Right. So, yeah. So that made the whole situation even worse. Like there, he was like taking like advances, so to speak. And and that was another thing that Juwanda didn't like. That he was like, Hey, this guy's like, you know, taking advances on all of this money and and they allowed it. Yeah, I think he came out when it was all said and done that he owed like two million to the company or something like that. Might have been more. 
a lot of money, bro. That's a lot it's of bigger than whatever money. the tab is that you have going on. Yeah, that is a lot of money. Um, uh, so yo, serve- let me borrow. Can I borrow two million? Yeah, sure. Put it on fucking Conrad's tab. <laughs> two million. It sounds nice. Uh, man, I can't wait to put Conrad's tab in my will and just have somebody after I'm gone have to deal with fucking collection. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my gift. To, <laughs> my gift to Conrad is I wipe the tab. No, I give it to Jenna. Yeah. yeah. You need somebody to keep the tab alive. Yeah. Got to keep it moving. It's not about paying it down. It's about raising it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so anyway, getting back to like Ray Bittar's, uh involvement in all of this, uh, you know, I kind of wonder how many other companies are operating like this where they just kind of have a figurehead who's ultimately the fall guy if shit goes sideways. Like, I- I'm not saying this is the case, but like, I could see Nagy being that guy. You know, <laughs> shit goes sideways and they're just like, Whoever the powers that be that actually own the company is just like, we don't know anything, man. <laughs> we don't know anything. This guy has been running rogue for years. Uh, and that's effectively what Full Tilt kind of said of Batar. Um, <laughs> he ultimately did strike a deal with DOJ, which allowed Full Tilt to resume operations uh, to the rest of the world just over a week later. Um, but by June 29th, which was like two and a half months later or so, US player funds had still not been returned. Uh, and the site's gaming license at that point was officially suspended. So it became clear now, a couple months in, they're running a Ponzi. Like, they never segregated the funds. And this is the big thing that we keep coming back to, and it's relevant now with the FTX stuff that's happening because it's abundantly clear that amongst many other uh, egregious things that SBF may have done, one of which was utilizing customers' funds to invest in Almeida. Right, and that's sort of what Full Tilt was doing. Except instead of investing, they were just spending, gambling, you know, buying shit, whatever. Um, so by that September, the DOJ amended the Black Friday indictments and now included Ferguson, Letterer, and Rafe first uh, as a part of the new uh, indictments. The claim now was that Full Tilt was an active Ponzi scheme that was running at a global level. Um, Batar was in position to serve time but he was on the wait list for a heart transplant because he had some sort of heart condition and the judge was positive he would die in jail so instead they gave him time served and hit him with they levied a massive fine i think they ultimately got him for a 40 million dollar fine i believe uh which was said to have broken him uh financially pretty big fine yeah so it was assumed that he was dead broke it was assumed that he was in poor health yada 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 well fast forward yeah 40 uh letterer also settled a civil case for a similar amount 42.5 million wow uh and they seized all of his assets i don't know if you guys recall this was in 2016 i think uh Uh, he was playing high rollers two years later yeah he was But they took yeah. like all they took all of his properties, all of his cars, all that stuff. They liquidated. This dude it. was cutting a banana with a fucking card on on television. No, no, that's Ferguson. Oh yeah, Ferguson. I'm talking about yeah. Letterer. I don't think oh, Ferguson. Letterer? I don't think Ferguson ever uh, settled anything anything civil. He's, I could be wrong, but he kept all the money. Huh? Ray first ultimately did jail time. I know that and paid a much smaller fine. Um, I'm not sure whatever came of Ferguson's. Uh, the last article I read was that he was negotiating. Uh, but if he settled, I think it was for far less than Letterer. And here's the thing, like, yeah, Letterer and Batar both settled for $40 million each, but Full Tilt operated from 2004 until 2011. 
and you know uh batar was the ceo for the majority of that letter was the founding owner for all of that it's very likely he had hundreds of millions mm -hmm. if not yeah. more yeah <laughs> yeah so 40 million is kind of dust man mm -hmm. Um, they were never on the hook. Yo, can you imagine having hundreds of millions? Oh no. <laughs> no. Dude, like, what do you what? even do? You know how you get hundreds, hundreds of millions? Hundreds of millions from poker? Well, well Conrad, you, you break the fucking rules. That's how. True. It's These guys true. are clear, clear <laughs> representatives of rule breakers who are willing to uh, do anything to get make a few bucks. And honestly, like, it, you know, we, we make cracks about this, this stupid fucking quote behind me, uh, especially considering that they're under scrutiny right now. But... The reality is nothing's ever going to happen to Hustler and nothing fucking happened to these guys at full tilt. Hey, 40, 40 million was a pittance. A mere pittance. <laughs> these guys are still giga rich. Uh, sure, I bet they wish they still had the extra 40 million, but, but they they have many, 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 many tens if not hundreds of millions on top of it. And I'm sure they used that to recoup that 40 billion. Yeah. Million, oh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they were never on the hook to repay funds, right? So I don't know if you guys recall, but it was well over a year that we went without knowing what was going to happen with our yeah. funds. They were just frozen, right? And the government was trying to facilitate a sale of Full Tilt, but it was useless now. Like, the software was dope, obviously, and that's worth something, but it wasn't worth the two, or sorry, uh, what was it? 390 million that was owed globally, right? Nobody was going to buy the company for that because it didn't have a fucking player pool anymore, man. Like, everybody stopped or nobody, nobody's going to be loyal to a site that was shut down for a year and a half. Unless you're poker stars. They come in and they saw the forest through the trees. Again, this is um, Isai just seeing the bigger picture here and also kind of falling on the sword a little bit, right? So poker stars swoops in um, and they forfeited 547 million over three years to the United States government, 225 million, which was owed up front. A part of this agreement was, so he was incentivized to do this because it would then allow them to operate in the United States once it became a regulated market, right? So that was number one. It was, this was a path back to the US. The government was offering an olive branch at the cost of a half a billion. No biggie. You can, you can afford it. Um, so of that 547 million, 390 million would go to the repayment globally of the players' funds that have been frozen. So finally, uh, like June of 2012, players began to be able to get uh, paid back. Stars would then acquire all of the software, clientele, et cetera, of Full Tilt. For a short period of time, they ultimately tried to resurge it as a secondary site in rest of world countries. But they didn't want to go into uh, the already segregated countries of like France and Italy and Spain. So effectively, only stars operated in those countries. And then in like England and other uh, rest of world uh, nations, there was a player pool of stars. And then there was a player pool of Full Tilt. They were just two competing companies, again, owned by the same umbrella. Not skins, separate, separate sites altogether. I think Full Tilt ultimately tanked uh, and they just iced it. So they still own the software. I know that there are plenty of uh, current legislated sites that would die to have that software. Oh, for sure. I missed that software. Software was fire. It was great. <clears throat> so Way ahead of its time. Software was fire. They had a lot, of, a lot of people still have the, like they really enjoy the, 
the fact that you can change the little puppy and whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the the happy sad face and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think, but I think it's mostly because like we were all watching like Rail Heaven and stuff yeah. when, when like someone would like win a big pot and then they'll like change their 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 mm -hmm. avatar or whatever mm -hmm. and then the other person like especially zig zigmund like he was he would like always change his stuff like and he would <laughs> tilt so hard like playing plo versus antonius like i don't know man i watched so many hours of that stuff it's kind it's, of embarrassing it's really unfortunate for like landon's generation because that time frame will never be duplicated mm -hmm. never no. and the 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 unfortunate nature of poker is that it's very hard to tell this story in an engaging way like i've talked about this a bunch but it's mind-boggling to me that uh the professor the banker and the suicide king hasn't been made into a screenplay mm -hmm. that movie would be so fucking good man the book is so good um i, I think it's just like a really well-written story right it's just a great story of a, a of a time that will never ever ever get to be relived and the same is true of the internet boom with regard to poker that 2003 to 2011 era right but it's so hard to encapsulate what it was like to be a professional poker player during that time all we have is us old-timey regs like sitting around the campfire throwing stories around and like it's hard it's hard for us too because we only know that experience once so i only know what it was like for me being 24 in vegas for the first time with a bunch of other degenerates yep i see landon who's 23 and i'm just like i don't know your experience at fucking all how could you how could i yeah because it's like on the surface he's doing similar things to what i was doing he's playing online poker a few hours a day he's hanging out with some people his age he sometimes goes to the club they sometimes get bottle service, but it looks so different right it's like, because there's a there's there's a known ceiling now like we yeah. understand like we understand where the where where, where the cap is right like well, if you're making a million a year you're probably like that's that's really good that, now. well also Everything our was, risk of ruin was like mm -hmm through the roof at all times everybody not just me yeah. like everyone's risk of ruin was there and the stories that emerged from that were so insane like asher uh i can't recall his last name but he was a wrestler in college and made a prop bet for his every every penny of his net worth seven hundred thousand. he just woke up one day and was like i'm gonna prop bet that i can run a marathon on a treadmill and like <laughs> in in like three hours or some shit i can't remember what it was or like yeah. i think he had to do like I think he had to run uh, whatever right beneath an ultra is. An ultra is 100 miles. I think he had to do like 70 miles. Did he do it? Yeah. He fucking <laughs> mashed it. Yeah. He just mashed it. He doubles his net worth for 700k, but he was just like all in. We're like, all flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah, nobody but knew nobody, anything. We didn't know anything. Listen, we didn't Tom, know where this Tom was going to lead. Just, just living in the moment. Tom Dwan and Phil Ivey made a million dollar bet that, that Phil Ivey wouldn't eat meat for a year. Yeah. Live on fucking... On high stakes poker, that right. that happened, right? And then like a couple months went by, and then like Phil Ivey bought out or shit like that. And yeah, like, like that <laughs> shit happened, right? Like we saw fucking Isildur. That will never happen again. You'll never see another Isildur, right? Like oh. now Isildur would be like Linus or Barry OTB Sweets, Red Baron like, or Barry like Sweets, right? And guy, and it yeah. wouldn't just be a random act, right? It would be because yeah. they're they spent the last half decade studying quietly and nobody knew about it. Right. Where like Isildur was just like this natural talent 
that kind of got games and yeah, also got fleeced a bunch along the way. Yeah, right? Isildur would go broke and then uh, Tony G would just like back him and just like say, all right, let's go again. Like, yeah. It was just pretty legendary. Like, like he went broke a couple of times like, and he was like six tabling different people in different games. Different like, games. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking insanity. Yeah, no one would ever like, do that again. Everyone's too smart now. Everybody's like too protective of their capital. That, that's why like I, I could never understand Landon's experience because like he's just never in financial risk right like yeah there's no home run potential there like and what I what I mean by that is not that he can't he can't like just win tens of millions of course he can what I mean by it is that like we can estimate pretty accurately like what his uh trajectory will be in this game and like what his ultimate uh, earning potential is and all these other things like for us man it was a mystery every day you could just wake up and be the next moneymaker times 10 yeah. like we just wake up one day and it's like this guy I've been grinding Bellagio with for the last 18 months wins the main event mm -hmm. and you know who was there with him three other Bellagio regs <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. right like Merson Osmus like yeah, they're all just there houses, yeah right so it's like for for my for our brain wild what a wild thing though right like uh, it like, wasn't it, though for the time that's what happened you you played games you became the alphas of those games and then you seized other opportunities so it was never a shock that somebody who is like doing really well in one arena transitioned into another one and, and just like did the biggest thing imaginable Right? Like, what's the biggest thing you can imagine happening? Oh, winning the World Series main event. Okay. I mean, I have as good of a shot as anybody else, you know? But that's not going to be true now. Because now, I don't have as good of a shot as anybody else. The guy who's grinding 109s six days a week in Estonia <laughs> has a better shot than me. He just does. Yeah. Right? And it's not because the gap between us is so big. But it's because there's a gap between us. And then the gap between me and the recreational playing is so big that when it's all said and done, it's going to be me and the Estonian at the final table, not the Estonian and six Rex. Right. So now that small gap between he and I becomes a cavern because all, or a canyon rather, because now all of a sudden I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. So like I can't win the main event. Yeah, I can do can. well. You might win it. Well, it's it's a it's a far lower probability. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think that you know ultimately that time frame needs to be. I don't want to say commemorated or memorialized or anything like that. I think those are the wrong words because it implies that something like heroic happened right. then or, or it's something a golden age. Yeah, I, well, it, it was. was a it was age. in a certain way. Yeah, but there's so much there's so much like fascinating dark seated underbelly to that time frame and we're going to look back on on post black friday the same way mm -hmm. but it's going to be so much worse like it's not going to be a story that we're going to want to tell i in my opinion the post black friday era like that decade thereafter is big time growing pains for the industry and a lot of like the dark seated underbelly is just like people finding ways to manipulate systems to rake people over the coals you know like the app game environments and um the 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 like collusion rings and multi accounting like all of that stuff is mostly post Black Friday. There was some of it pre, but we weren't mature enough yet. We weren't sophisticated as a group. Neither was the technology. There was no RTAs. 
Right. And honestly, yeah, cheating back then, how much did it even help? Right? Because the playing field was so fucking level. Right. Across the board. Everybody yeah. was so not great at this game that it, it could only help nominally. Nominal mm -hmm. nominal nominally? Sure. Yes. Nominally? Yeah. Is that the, yeah, sounds great. Am I getting it? Okay. Right. Spell it for me. N O N. <laughs> so uh the last thing I'll, I'll say about the, the, the Stars buyout of Full Tilt was um, part of the agreement and why I said like Esai, is, it should be, it's so commendable what he did. Part of the agreement was that uh, he would be forced out of his role at Poker Stars as a founder. So, you know, this was his death certificate, basically. And shortly thereafter, it obviously led to the facilitation of him selling to Amaya Gaming, $4.9 billion. Uh, we're not going to shed a tear for him. He's a very wealthy man. He's done quite well for himself yeah. but you know from what i can tell he loved this industry he loved everything that he built and uh it's it's a shitty position to be forced out of a scenario like that you well, know he can always sponsor a podcast in poker if he wants that's true <laughs> he can Set that's true we are we are available <laughs> um the last thing then of note of black friday and i didn't realize it was this fast of a turnaround if you had to guess, when do you think uh, online poker became legal in America? Or uh, there were regulated territories? 2014, yeah, maybe. February of 2013, wow. Nevada launched regulated poker. Wow. At the end of 2012, Delaware actually so launched. Like under two years. Yeah. When did yeah. Jersey launch? Do you know? Uh, months after Nevada. Okay. This is ultimate poker, right? Yes. Yeah. And WSOP. Um, WSOP took a while, remember? Because yeah, it, it was just, just Ultimate first. for a while. It, yeah. And then WSOP came out afterwards. Yes, right? correct. I forgot right. about Ultimate. Yeah, they, they, they like giga rushed to launch mm -hmm. to try yeah, to beat. They, right, they wanted yeah. to be first to market. Yeah, right. which uh, was, a, I'm sure in hindsight was a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. But even in real time, I remember saying like, this is a huge mistake. The software was awful. Yeah, The software was, was awful. The games were really good. Yeah, the games were good. That, that I can attest to. But also, uh, the liquidity pool in Nevada was so small that it was one of those things where being first to market doesn't matter if it's not going to be a national product. Mm -hmm. right? All that's going to matter is the person who's first to market of shared liquidity pools. And it's going to be the, the, the company that sustains, yeah, not and, the company and that And also, WSOP had a WSOP brand name, yeah. which is like huge. I, to this day, I think that they've under-leveraged that position tremendously. Yeah. But I also think they're a little bit handcuffed by their reach being so negligent or negligible rather um i think well maybe negligent also uh <laughs> but negligible um but i think that that might be changing with their partnership with gg moving into toronto mm -hmm. uh i don't know what that looks like big picture if gg ultimately kind of usurps the wsop name and licenses it or uh kind of absorbs it I, i'm not sure but that would be kind of a powerhouse move if shared liquidity in the United States ever truly did take a big step forward. We'll be here 10 years from now to talk about it. <laughs> save me. Somebody save me. Uh, um, death is the only way out. <laughs> Jesus, that's dark. Happy birthday. Happy Black Friday. <laughs> oh, man. Um... What do you think it would be like if, if it never happened? 
black like question. never like like you're saying like full tilt and stars like the just government just turned blind eye right now well they just like turn a blind eye and they treat it like they treat uh acr right now oh man i don't know i it might have been it might be worse because you know you're gonna have the, i don't know man i think the money gets sucked up quicker right the best of the best are gonna the, like the cream's gonna rise to the top quicker in a way i don't and know the games man. are gonna get like suit like the like the games in well, it America just depends on growth so tough right it just depends on growth mm -hmm. right like if the government never intervened and they were able to continue their their campaigning the way that they had been yeah oh that's true maybe, televised poker right right maybe maybe there's so many more people playing right poker's now. probably the biggest sport in america in the world you think but sound again. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think we got get a I lot mean, more traction than it did now, and it definitely would not have such a stained look on it. Well, we can kind of look at what happened in the rest of the world, right? Like, yeah. they weren't really able to keep up the campaigning. Right. Um, they were forced into segregation in a lot of markets, yeah. and uh, those stars grew. They also went through multiple ownership changes, and poker became a lesser part of uh those owners concerns it was kind of a novelty mm -hmm. um you know we saw we've seen sports betting become legal now uh, uh that's a much the bigger industry yeah all industry. that stuff is far mm -hmm. bigger industry and one that uh these poker companies turned a, a bigger light to i i think something in between would have been true though because out of this we did see some some major breakthroughs right like the emergence of Spraggy and uh, Lex at PokerStars as, as public streamers, uh, I think that's a big deal. Um, and I think that that would have scaled much better in America, right? Because I think that they would have been able to find a better merge between TV and online gaming, where in the rest of the world, TV was already not nearly as big. And it just like made more sense to just do internet specific shows, uh, stuff like that. Um, also, you already had a lot of pre-built characters in America, like Spraggy and uh, and Lex were kind of homegrown, so to speak, to stars. And I don't know that that process is very replicable either, right? Like people forget that Spraggy was a byproduct largely of Jay Carver and Run It Up. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay Carver was very motivated by Ultimate Poker being a, uh, an ambassador there to start running up and uh, to kind of become the first true streamer. And then he wanted to scale that. And he, he, he sought out other talents, Spraggy being one of them, kind of showed them the ropes, got them all set up. Shortly thereafter, everybody had stars deals. Uh, Jay Carver even had stars deal briefly. Um, and from there, like Spraggy was just able to fully commit and grow into the, the legend that he is today. I imagine if Jay Carver were able to operate, you know, untethered by two or three major operators in the States that were facilitating coast to coast and pouring hundreds, if not multiple hundreds of millions of marketing dollars into growth every year, pretty sure he would have been able to find yeah. a couple more. For sure. Uh, pretty sure we'd still see Poker After Dark on cable tv yeah there'd be a lot more poker on on tv yeah because the advertisers would still be there that, yeah i mean it was like that's the only reason we had so much poker on 
national TV is because Full Tilt and Stars are driving the average. Yeah, I think that that's the. Uh, I, I think that's really the most unfortunate side effect of mm -hmm. Black Friday, is that our sport never really had a chance to fully mature and become a, a staple part of mm -hmm. uh, everyday programming. Other investors and other Correct. other advertisers were. Yeah, exactly. We died before Amazon boomed, mm -hmm. right? We died yeah. before uh, before Apple and all these major conglomerates really boomed that could have potentially led to a lot of digital marketing space. Right. Where and, you're not solely relying on the two big sites to, right. to pump all the uh, ad rev in there. Right. So, like, if, if, you know, we do survive and we somehow make it to the, to the turn of the uh, technology revolution so to speak, where we're at now. Maybe poker is more of a mainstay, right? Like these smaller sports that are upstarts, uh, they have cleaner paths. Pickleball is a great example. Like it's already on CBS primetime um, and it has a lot of interest from incredibly wealthy people, billionaires, just investing hand over fist because they see the growth. It's 100xing over and over and over year over year. Like obviously that'll curb, but you know, it's going to be growing for a significant amount of time. Poker is a little bit more challenging because of the financial aspect. Like the barrier of entry is a little bit higher, right. but all it takes is a little bit of creativity to work around that. You know, Just there's free the versions of this. Make the pitch, Bert. There is no pitch. Just, That's what I'm saying. We died too soon. About? They, 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 those guys on the All In podcast, they love poker, bro. And they sure. have all the money in the planet. They do have all the money in the planet. Uh, I actually have been listening more frequently to it. I, I really do enjoy their podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Shamath did Lex Friedman too. Um, mm -hmm. Fantastic two-hour pod yeah, he's great. uh one he's of the best favorite, that he's my favorite investor of all the investors bro. yeah he, that was one of my favorite shamath podcasts that i've ever done uh his backstory is very harrowing and uh quite and i don't want to say enjoyable to listen to but it, it's it's quite relatable to listen to um it's very humbling i think that it's it, it definitely paints shamath in a different light than uh his dictator role in the all-in podcast <laughs> yeah and he loves and he loves phil homie he does love Shamath. He does love. Uh, I've had the pleasure of playing with Shamath a few times, and uh, wow, how rich are you? I've played with him a bunch, actually. <laughs> wow, he's a nit. He's a low key nit, but I realize oh, no. why now. Uh, watching that interview with Lex, I understand why. Like he he cares a lot about like being Win good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not just winning, but being good. Like he would take the perception of being good over the dollars that he earns. If that makes sense, he he wants to like like he cares enough about poker that he wants to be seen as a threat at the table, not the guy that we're building the game around. Coach him up, Burke. Maybe charge him like twenty five twenty five thousand or less. Why, Burke can... is the guy that they're building the game <laughs> yeah, around. I'm the guy they build the game around. <laughs> he can he can coach me up, man. I'm I'm taking lessons. Let's fucking go. Uh, any closing thoughts on Black Friday, Chin? Yeah, I missed a little bit of what you guys were saying. I went upstairs to get something. Um. I think that, yeah, losing America was just, like, so massive for the entire game of poker because all the stars are American. Like, regardless, like, you can't you can't market the same, like, in other countries because the stars of the game are American and they play in America. The World Series of Poker is in America. So it's, like, it doesn't matter how many, like, idiots from Northern Europe you try <laughs> to market. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's right. just, like, Phil Ivey's American. Well, it's also about and, TV, right? Uh, right. Even though we're moving away from the analog space, uh, television is still massive marketing in, in the United States. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and and especially in other countries, probably a bigger, bigger like maybe their internet and and like the whole digital era of YouTube and stuff isn't as big, and maybe they do rely on television more than than here. No, I think sure. it's the opposite. Okay, then good, then good. Yeah, um, I think all the major television houses are here. Yeah, unless you're in China, and then they, you know, they control whatever the hell. Right. Yeah, but, yeah um, that's a little different. But yeah, it's it just losing America is massive, just because you lose the stars. And then once you lose the stars, it's really hard to market a game with no stars. Um, so yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, what do I think we would have been if, if if it would have stayed? Yeah. I'm not... I don't know. I probably wouldn't even be in poker, to be honest, because it's like... You got I too rich st- too fast? No, it's because... No, it's because I feel like I only stayed because I, I thought there was an opportunity to be good before other people got good. Like if it would have stayed around, I think like people would have gotten really good, and like uh, I don't know if I would have been able to keep up, uh, uh, you know how good people were getting. Like you were already like a superstar, you know. Like you. you were, you were like you know all over <laughs> two plus two, and like having your strategy dissec- dissected. You were like donkey fish stuff before you had like a blog and like, mm-hmm. like they wanted to know why I was limping. Of, you were kind of a big deal already. The real answer then, was like, because it's pimping. <laughs> god yeah no i I, like you know you have to remember how far behind everyone was right like like you know if you weren't like people were making so much money like the the winners were making so much money and the strategy to try to catch them was like impossible to get right like it was like it it wasn't like now where you just have like you know if you want to be good at poker you know the low-hanging fruit it's like pretty easy to get right yeah but like back then like bro we were so like we were so far behind jason mercier it wasn't even funny like like you were eons behind like you weren't gonna get him right like now you spend like you know two years in a lab hire a fucking thousand dollar an hour coach you'll probably be pretty good at you know you'll catch up right but back then it was really hard and yeah i think back then what it was was strategy was on two extremes. So it was like, rather than baseline being theory optimal, baseline was uh, the the average logic, like fish logic, if you will. Yeah. And the winning players were just uh, as far to one end of max exploiting fish logic as possible, right? So yeah. like the best in the world just literally counter moved every single step of the way uh according to what their opposition strategy was and then it was just a tier system down like others would play like more general that would counter move the general fish logic right and then others would just try to like out logic fish so like they had maybe a better logical framework and those were like the smallest winners so i i think that like you know we could still look at it through a game theory lens of what was happening back then but it was it was not theoretically optimal instead it was just like maximally exploitative yeah, yeah, it, it was it was beautiful to watch, right? If you if you guys ever go watch some like old Timex videos or old Galfond, like it's so insane to watch them talk about poker and like they were they were actually really good. Some of those videos of Galfond, like he had like a famous series. Um, I forgot the name of the series, but it's still on YouTube, and it's really like he was good bro like like even looking at it now i'm like damn that shit was actually pretty smart like i might use that shit tonight like <laughs> it, it, it was it was it was pretty legit like 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 golf the truth um 
yeah, man, it was beautiful to watch. Um, yeah, poker is just so different now. Like, it's just fucking VP, VPIP, <laughs> and TFR, and like, you have to have a three bet frequency. What's well, data now as opposed That's to fucking like stupid? Like, like come down <laughs> to like the Odyssey. End of the day, like. That's just not gonna work. Like I like, and this is the truth of the matter. Black Friday, no Black Friday doesn't give a fuck. If you're 300 big blinds deep, that's just not gonna work, bro. Like all this Honestly, frequency, it's not gonna work. This is no joke. Fuck. The most, the most freeing feeling in the world is sitting in a game where everybody's a thousand big blinds effective. Yeah, this. It's no, the most freeing like thing in the world, where you, especially if you are the one who sits down a thousand effective and says, "I'm rolled for this game." My sole purpose is to be all in as much as possible today. God, how how fucking rich are you? Like, how, if you rolled, if you take, well, I just convince myself that I'm rolled. <laughs> like, I, I don't have to be. I don't actually have to be rolled. But like, no, yeah. but honestly, yeah, like end of the day, like comes down to what your opponent thinks you're gonna do in a spot, like. It doesn't matter. Like, all that theory shit, like, that's all cool. Like, it'll give you a nice baseline. But, like, when you're 350 big blinds deep with a fucking straddle and a big blind Annie, it doesn't give a fuck. At the end of the day, it's what this guy's going to think you're going to do when you put all the chips in. That yeah. does, that's it. That's yeah. all that's going to matter. Like, that's end it. of the day. So, that's it. So, whatever. Black Friday. Yeah, it happened. How many unique ways can I find to 5X pot jam the river? <laughs> that's... It's true. It, it's it, end of the day, it's true. Like, I spent fucking two years trying to learn like all these theory shit and then i just like go play at bellagio and i'm like these guys are fucking aggro tards they're they're not following these rules they all overvalue they're putting in five bets with the fucking jacks on the flop like let's go let's just let's just <laughs> let's say, like, these rules these rules don't fucking matter like you know uh you know starting next week we have the only friends poker out loud episodes coming out yeah, Brian played great. Thank you. They're coming out Monday through Friday Asshole. next week. <laughs> okay, they're coming out Monday through Friday next week, uh, right after the podcast. So for anybody who is looking forward to this, uh, you know, we'll kick it right to these episodes. We'll premiere them right after the pod. For the members, uh, I think I'm going to try to get them uploaded this weekend so you guys will get them a little bit early. But there's rumors that you were rolling during the Only Friends Poker Out Loud edition. And we're not talking about ecstasy. Talking no. to who? Chin. Okay. You guys are, so what? You're a professional poker player, Berkey. You this motherfucker that, that, is rolling frequency. There, there's a hand in the preview. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Guapa is going to roll it right after I, I finish setting it up here. When you said rolling, I literally thought you meant he was on ecstasy while he, I, that's what I thought you meant. Well, I'm here for you, talking Brian. About, I was like, he was on E while he was playing. Brian, be, I'm here for you. That'd be a lot fucking better. I'll tell you that. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a hand in this preview mm -hmm. that you're about to see where Landon has 10 six suited and I have six deuce suited and I'm about to three bet him. Yeah. And Christian's out there fucking he's out rolling. There randomizing. He's yeah. randomizing frequencies. Yeah, this fucking guy. If this motherfucker folds pocket eights before the flop, he's I'm disowning friends. him. He's playing as his only friends and he's randomizing. Yeah. He's, trying to, he's trying to get a win rate in the 50 mm -hmm. cent a dollar game. That we're I don't playing. even know what randomizing is and I'm in the game throwing chips around. Well, you didn't really throw chips around, but... Let's see what actually happened, Guap. Let me see. When are we going to do the gimmick poker out loud? We kind of should do one that's all us. The Ooh. only friends version. Oh, the only, mm. only friends poker friends. out loud. Right? Oh, man. Mm. I kind of like that. I like that. Raise 50. 
Ooh, we got a 5x. I'm cut off. Ooh, Berkey. I'm gonna fuck you. Easy peasy. Just swing along. Easy peasy. Like a pendulum. Easy peasy. Take life as it comes. Alright. I'm here to fuck Landon Tice. How do I get into pots with these dumb nits? Are we doing the seven deuce game? Honestly, I don't even think I'm supposed to be here at this point. What I'm really considering is how much exactly is my face worth here? He's gonna keep talking for five fucking minutes because he just loves hearing himself speak. Tortoise is out there gambling yeah, today. Tortoise is in there. Back in the game, boys and girls. I don't give a fuck. I'm here to fuck people up. What are you listening to? Taylor Swift. What song? Easy peasy. Just bounce around, easy peasy. Don't get too down, easy peasy. Now you've made it when like someone spends their entire existence trying to like get under your skin or something. Uh, that was a good time. Yeah. Everybody had fun. Mm -hmm. I think I lost. Always rocking some Tay Tay when I play. Rightfully so. You were randomizing against that fucking group. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Bro, listen. Did you win? I don't think. No, I, I, wrecked, I wrecked his I fucking won, life. Okay. I don't think you're, that's even you're, true. You're you're a high stakes pro, okay? I have to I have to try my hardest. I hate you. I don't even think you won that this thing. God, I hate everything about it. And me. how would you consider uh me there? What do you mean Shane? I didn't win? Of course I won. Like Brian played every hand awful. <laughs> like <laughs> Of course like, it's part of my it's part of my image building. I I was listen. I don't want to be a spoiler, but I had a really good hand against Brian. And I was like, you almost folded I, it. You almost, I almost folded I it. I was shocked I won. I was like, oh mm -hmm. my God, he just has yeah. the nuts. Melissa's like looking at me like, oh, he has the nuts. And we're all looking at Brian like, you have the nuts, right? I and did. Brian's like, top pair in the gutter? a gutter? That's the nuts. He's like, I have a pair. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that, was his that was his version of a bluff. Yeah. He tried. Yeah, he was bluff. He, was, he had to be bluffing for sure. Yeah. yeah. He was bluffing and then there was there. another hand. Bluffing where, with like, equity. Where Brian reveals. All right, like, cut the stream. Cut, <laughs> cut it. Cut it. <laughs> cut his mic Brian, at least. Brian reveals what he has. Don't why, let's not, uh, you know, spoil all this for for the audience. They want no, to watch they'll, it they'll, in real time. Watch. But yeah, it, it was it was definitely it was definitely fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one, man. That was that was that was a good time. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget that we have a Black Friday sale going on right now. It's half off for your first three months of membership. That includes a two-week free trial. When so are we going to do the gimmick Poker Out Loud? We kind of should of, do one that's all us. You know, the so, only friends version? Oh, the friends Poker Out Loud. I kind of like that. Like, like three months? Well, An entire first quarter? No, no, no. No, only... You know, a month and a half into the first quarter, yeah. only half the first quarter. Chin, don't worry about it. We're good, man. We're good. We're good. We good, man. We good. Shout out! This is our appreciation to everybody out there. If you're not already a member of the Software Wide TV membership, now you have a chance to do so at a discount. You get to watch all the poker out loud you want. If you're not already a member of the Nerds and Brainiacs, our yeah, YouTube at least give page, us five bucks. Give us, give us five a little bucks. love. <laughs> Give us a little love. You'll get to play with the fun emotes. You'll get a nice little colored uh, sulfur Y badge next to your name. And you will likely, I can't promise for sure because I haven't looked into the, to the schematics of this yet. Because I don't know if we can give it to you for free first and then still premiere. When are we going to do the I'm gimmick? I'm going to try to get you guys the only we friends, pod, or the only friends uh, poker out loud for free this weekend. Uh, so you can preview it early. 
Finally, huge shout out to WPT Global, home of your chance to win your way into the WPT Championship at the win this December. We will be there on site running a daily podcast day 1A, B, and C. And C. We'll be there from 9.30 in the morning till 10.30 in the morning each day, kicking it off, heading right into the shuffle up and deal. This Sunday is the final eight-seat Saddy giveaway. I am a bounty in that tournament. I'll be there. I'll be live streaming. We're going to be kicking it. Plenty of overlay. I believe last week's overlaid three and a half or four seats, something along those lines. So if you're looking for an opportunity to play a high-stakes buy-in tournament with a massive $15 million guarantee, this is your chance to do so. Head over to WPDglobal.com now. God, I can't wait for the markup police. What? The what? market police. What do you mean? Like people are going to start posting their 1.2 or whatever, and then people are going to start. Oh, I'm whole, here for like, it. They're going to start like, you can't win at 1.2 in a 10K. And then someone like, oh, there's 37 satellite winners. And then the whole thing. 37. There's going to be like 370. Oh, God. So the 1.2 is going to be justified, huh? I'm at selling least. at 1.4. Yeah, I'm <laughs> buying. <laughs> I'm fucking buying. Let's go. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we appreciate you for tuning in as always. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to try to kick off an earlier time next week in order to prep for the win. Um, so look for us around 10 a.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Or sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to give that time slot a shot for next week, I believe. Uh, as always, signing off for Guapo, Lamana, Conrad, and Chin. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Later. That was really that was really fun, actually. I I liked that episode. Like I liked the stories.